with us on the MBM podcast and when I say us I mean us like there is a whole lot of us on this show uh, this is the special episode of the round table we are going to be having a whole slew of guests on today tonight whenever you're listening to this um, I'm kind of excited I think it's going to be good um, yeah so it shouldn't be uh, it should be interesting we got a couple topics to talk about I know uh, Mike, of course, had unfortunate last-minute, very, very last-minute issues. I'm not sure if he's already back with me or not. Oh, yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> he's messaging me as I'm playing the opening music. Dude, give me two seconds. Like, well, you got a couple minutes. Get her done. No, no, we're good. So Awesome, awesome. So just to give everybody a brief idea how many people we have on, uh, on my end alone, I have five. And Mike, how many do you have? Uh, three at the moment. Three at the moment. Okay, so we've got eight people, total of ten people on this episode. And the whole idea was is just to have a conversation uh, around RC and involve people from all different levels, from sponsored guys to non-sponsored guys to, you know, uh, team managers, y- you name it. There's a gambit of people on this episode um, to the average Joe like Mike and myself and, and a few others. So... With that being said, um, I believe we have special guests coming on too, right? Yeah, we're uh, working on that. Yeah, we're good. Uh, maybe what we'll do is is uh, let's just go around the table here, Matt. Let everybody introduce, introduce. themselves, yep. and uh, we'll go a little bit of time. Uh, we'll start with uh, Gino. Go ahead and uh, say hi to everybody. Hey, what's going on, everybody out there? I'm uh, Gino Calistini, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm looking forward to having fun here on the show today. Perfect. I love his voice. <laughs> uh, next, we'll have uh, Tim Smith. Say hi to everybody. Uh, hello, I'm Tim Smith, and I do RC stuff. <laughs> Just a little bit, right, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> and uh, Brad, are you there with us still? Yes, I am. Perfect. Just go ahead and hi, introduce this yourself. Is, hi, this is Brad Goulet. Um, thanks for having me on the show, and I can't wait to talk to everybody. Awesome. And uh, Bubba, I believe you're traveling down Good. the road. I know. Still sitting in the hotel room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Bubba Boggs, a uh, big racer, and uh, looking forward to doing a little round table. And... Awesome. And we got to skip uh, Todd, unfortunately. Saltero couldn't make it. He got called into work, I believe. Yep. He's an HVAC man. He's helping a crane lower a new unit. Oof. Yep. Interesting. Uh, Chris Vieira, are you still with us? Yes, I am. How's those ketchup chips, buddy? (laughs) Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Ketchup chips are the bomb. You know what he's probably thinking? I wish they would have just sent me two really big bags. It's going to take a long time to go through these. (laughs) Oh, no, it's good because I just started a diet. And those those chips showed up like the day I started my diet. My wife's like, what what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is this? 
Uh, just go ahead and introduce yourself, Chris, uh, and who you are and what you do. Hi, my name is Chris Vieira. I uh, am an employee of DE Racing Products. We make uh, RC wheels and other fun stuff, and I can't wait to have some fun with this roundtable discussion. Awesome. Uh, next up is Aaron Bullock. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on. First time uh, podcast for me, so bear with me. Um, just common guy, kind of RC fella, local racer out of uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Oh, Perfect. man, you and fixed last... his John Madden, bro. Yeah, I know. Dang it. <laughs> and last but not least is uh, <laughs> Mark Noons, I believe I'm saying that right, and he's from the Great White North, uh, just like Matt and I. Hi, guys. Hey, Mark. There he is. Yeah. Uh, I'm a local racer as well. Uh, and I wish I had some ketchup chips, too. <laughs> oh, man, they're so good. <laughs> Mark, all you got to do is go to the store. Store, yeah. <laughs> I know, but I have to put pants on. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get ketchup Not chips in the U.S. No, they can't. Well, yeah. So, And, of course, yeah. of course, we can't forget, somehow Mike did forget, uh, Jeremy Dre. Oh, yeah. How did I forget Jeremy? Because he's not on the list because you forgot to put him on the list. Oh, yeah. Where's Jeremy? Yeah, it's, I'm right here. <laughs> so, yeah. This is, Jer- this is Jeremy Dre. I'm a local racer, um, track director. Just kind of do a little bit of everything RC-related out here in Iowa. We're coming to Iowa. Yeah, but he's got to go to his sister's wedding. I know, but we're going to invade. Stupid sisters. Also, uh, as you guys know, we had announced a special guest here. And I guess we'll just let that cat out of the bag. I'm going to get them on the line here right now. It's going to be uh, Jim and Cole Tollard. I'm sure oh, I'm going to tell you guys <laughs> uh, about them and who they are because you should probably already know. Some may, some may not. But Cole is kind of... Uh, on a run Go right ahead now. and tell them about Cole, Cole, Matt, and I'm going to get them into the call. Go ahead and tell them about Cole, because I, I know so much about him. Well, I, I got the wonderful advantage of getting to meet Cole and his dad. Um, would have been last year at the KC Hobbies uh, Spring Fling. And I'll tell you, uh, you'll never meet two people that are more uh, easy to talk to, just down to earth and out to have fun. And uh, I figured out, if you can make Cole laugh really hard on the driver's stand, you may stand a chance of beating him. But He'll start snorting. Yeah, but the problem is he still beats everybody. Like, I had him laughing hysterically because I was acting like a complete buffoon up there. But, yeah, no, not uh, didn't work out so well. Hello. Hey, Jim. Hello. Yep. It's uh, Mike from the NBM Podcast here. Uh, we got you live with everybody here. Cool. I, Hi, everybody. We'll bring Cole in as Hi. well. Give me one second here. Morning, Mr. Taller. This is Bubba. Morning. Uh. <laughs> there we go. More calls added. This is insanity. I'm just uh, getting everybody together. You're sitting with uh, the large group of guys here that kind of did the, oh, wow, we're calling them? (laughs) 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 Okay, perfect. Everybody's in. Hey, welcome to the show here, Cole. That would be Gino. (laughs) You get get used to him. 
<laughs> so um, what we'll do is, I guess, Cole, we'll start with you here. Uh, go ahead and just uh, introduce yourself. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, kind of where you're at with your racing right now and what you're working on. Uh, I'm Cole. I'm 15 years old. I've been racing around for seven years. And the next big race for me is the 1A scale Worlds in Las Vegas. And what are you, uh, you're going to be running uh, Truggy or uh, Buggy? Or both? Buggy. Buggy. Awesome. I bet you're getting pretty excited for that. Yeah, I'm actually kind of nervous. As expected. Yeah. It's only the Worlds. <laughs> it's only the Worlds. <laughs> it's only the Worlds. <laughs> and, uh,. Jim, you were uh, messaging me there on Facebook. You guys are actually trying to wrench on that car uh, right now, right? Yeah, we're building a second car, so he has a fresh one to go out with. Right on. So you guys, um, you guys are going to be flying. To, when is the world? I don't even know off the October top of my head. October eighth. It's that first weekend. Of the night, yeah. First of the eighth. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Be able to watch that live. RC will have the coverage. Sucks. I got to work that whole week. I miss so much when I'm at work. <laughs> Should take the week off. So, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll jump right into the questions here. Matt, you want to start uh, the first one? Or you want me to? Yeah, no, I'll I'll, st- I'll take the first one here. So, as many of you know, if you listen to the MBM podcast or any podcast that myself have been on, there has been a time or place where I've talked about stock racing. So, the first topic that we want to touch on is stock racing really stock racing? And maybe what's your opinion on how stock racing has has been going since the introduction of lipos and everything like that? What kind of sparked us having this topic again was Trinity came out with a new spec 17.5 motor that is basically sealed up. You know, you can't mess with it. And if you do, you have to break the sticker. So, you know what I mean? It makes it easier, I guess, for local tracks to, to check for proper motors. Um, so that's what we kind of want to go with. So I guess we'll yeah, pick... Well, and also, uh, just to add on to what you're saying there, Matt, you know, we got guys that we're seeing that, you know, take their, their chassis to CNC machines to, you know, lose some weight and doing all these crazy things just to, you know, gain or lose, in this case, weight, uh, you know, with the intention of trying to make the car faster. Uh, but the question always is, is, is when you start taking metal away from the chassis or whatever the mod is, is that car now considered stock still? Because really it's been modified um so yeah so the idea is is uh, on that note get everybody's input and uh gino i guess we'll start with you first here we'll give you your four minutes wow a whole four minutes that's gonna be hard to do that one no don't worry if you all can't right, fill uh, it then don't worry about it <laughs> all right roger that man. um yeah you know I've, i returned to the hobby i was out of the hobby for uh, 20 years man you know i'm old now the reflexes aren't good like they used to so i'm not used to these really fast cars man it's uh it's a whole new ball, ball game for me to get used to. Uh, like I said, I started out with the uh, SC10 ready to run out of the box. But even against novice guys, I couldn't even keep up with them. You know what I mean? If they had the uh, SC5M you know, it, on stock, I just <laughs> I can't keep up. So it's just uh, I, had to, I had to move on, you know. And um, it's a learning curve now, uh, especially, for, like I said, if you return stock from back in the day to now with the lipos and the new uh, – new motors and it's just it's ridiculous the speed is ridiculous so for me personally i had to recalculate all my jumping to get that groove you know because when you're racing you get in this flow and you just feel it and you're there you know and uh it took me a minute to get it back you know and uh 
for a while actually and i finally hit it again last night i got it into the flow finally again so it's just it's amazing the speed of the vehicles now is amazing quality of the parts is amazing from the you know, difference uh <clears throat> i really just enjoy it um uh, the stock stuff, though, so like you're saying, you know, the the rate, the motor you guys are talking about, it, uh, it's sealed and stuff. That's cool, but, you know, what if a guy prints out a, a seal? I mean, I, guys go to that kind of length, you know what I mean? So I don't think that could really combat uh, monitoring stock, I don't think, you know. Maybe a little bit, but I'm sure guys would go to that extent, you know, I don't see why not. Um, yeah, that's all I really have on it, uh, uh, Mike. Uh, go ahead and send it to the next guy if you want. Sure, perfect. like that. Makes it nice and easy. You've got a late edition. A late edition. Yeah. We'll uh, bring her in right now. Rhonda got back to me. I got her number, so I will call her and add her in. So one second, gentlemen. Do-do. The guy with the, the, the sound effects isn't playing the sound effects, so I'll just do-do-do. <laughs> no, Gino. Gino, where's the uh, waiting music? Please stand by, ladies and gentlemen, for the phone call to be connected. There we go. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Rhonda. Welcome to the MBN podcast. Uh, we're already having a little bit of fun here, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I see this. <laughs> we uh, we're just uh, getting started here uh, with the first question there about uh, stock racing and, and whether it's really stock or not in regards to uh, you know the Trinity released that new seventeen point five motor that's sealed up and, and whatnot, and then the other part of it was you know is a is a car really considered stock um you know after some of the modifications we see guys oh excuse me see some of the guys doing uh you know milling down the chassis drilling holes in them to lose some weight uh you know doing all these crazy mods um you know and, and at that point the car really is it stock or is it now a mod car because it's been so heavily modified uh so we're just going around the table there um if you want to just kind of sit tight there and we'll chime uh, in yeah, chime in. We're just going around the table there. We'll uh, we're just asking everybody one at a time to put in their input. So we got you on our list here, and uh, yeah, let's just have some fun. If you don't like where you are in the Sorry. list, you can blame Mike for that because he's master of the list at the moment. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> oh no, 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 it's fine. But uh, okay, so to answer the question about stock, I mean, obviously it's modified. If you really technically want to get into it, it's modified after you do you know, any kind of modification. So, I mean, how do you actually police that? Well, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like, for and one of the examples that we have is, is, you know, we had a guy up here that, like, turned his B5M chassis into a cheese grater by drilling, like, 30 holes in Dude, the Dude, that wasn't even the most of the extent of what the guy did. Not only did he drill a bunch of holes in the bottom of the chassis to make it lighter, he went as far as opening up a set of saddle packs and removing cells... Like, to make it an actual lower milliamp hour pack, so it still was, you know, the regular voltage, but so that way it was it was lighter. It was just, like, it's like, dude, you are going way too far with this. Like, it just... Did he win? No, but... Did he win, though? No. <laughs> well, I guess it didn't help. <laughs> right. True, but... It's just, for me, you know, if I wanted to build a 17.5 car... I want to be able to buy the kit, build the kit, put a good motor in it, a good ESC, and a decent battery in it, and go out and be somewhat competitive. But with the way everything has been going lately, that's not what I see happening. I see cut gears. I see, you know, the most expensive 
packs you can find. You know, guys are charging their batteries at 40 amps. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's what do you do? You know, because I mean, the organizations that govern our stuff nowadays, I mean, it's, 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 you know, they have these rule books, but then the rules change, you know, depending on their mood. So it's, it's hard to, you know, really police any of that stuff and anything goes. And then if somebody does win, that's when they want to say something about it. So I don't know. People, I guess, will go to any means possible to do what they got to do. <laughs> I've just thrown my hands up to all of it. <laughs> well, you, you guys race, race eight scale mostly, so you don't have to deal with a lot of the the stock drama. But I'm sure there's still lots of drama when it comes to guys doing certain things to their they're this that well, the well there thing. is but you you a, a lot of people don't realize this but i raced 10 years of electric before i even got into nitro and granted then you know we had the brush uh you know brush motors you know you had to cut the comms and you know change your brushes and you could take some coils out you know i mean it's it's i mean this nothing new that people have been doing i mean i got into it 26 years ago and they were doing it even before that so I mean, milling the chassis out, I mean, but then you sacrifice, you know, the handling of the car. And I mean, I don't know. I just, I've seen it so much that it just never ends. <laughs> nice. So. All right. Well, let's see Tim, my friend, buddy old pal. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was just laying my head down. <laughs> oh, well, don't do that. You're up. It's. It's so early. I know. I'm sorry. I appreciate everybody from the West Coast getting up this asininely early for us. Well, it sounds way yeah. more chipper than I do. I don't know what's going on over there, but <laughs> I've only had about one cup of coffee, and it's just not done it yet. So what? what's your opinion, Tim, on the whole stock racing thing? I know it's not something that's right up your alley because you're into the, the drag racing okay, well, stuff. But one is, yeah, I don't race off-road. And two is, I always have an opinion about something. And so, <laughs> to me, and I've heard that, you know, this funny thing is, too, is 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 a lot like Rhonda. I've heard this debate, I mean, honestly, you know, for, for 30 years now. It's never really ever changed. And there's two factors that always seem to come up. Is the organizations always seem to have a rule or two that allow that situation to continue to grow regardless of the reason, whether it's financial, they're getting paid off, or they just want to do it, I don't understand. I've never understood because it's it's not like the same person has run these organizations, you know, since the uh, and since the ninth. So I'm not. I don't know. It just always seems to be this way. But for me, at least, back when I was doing oval and on road, it was kind of an honor to not be in stock. Um, being in modified was was where you felt you were at a higher level. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case now, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, I would just think that, you know, it, it should be the pressure from the supporters of these named drivers to get out of classes like that and only run modified, but I understand manufacturers want to promote, you know, products that they're selling, and if those products are based around being stocked, then they obviously want guys they're paying to run those, so... I don't know. I mean, to me, like I said it just modified with for the upper level guys or the pro guys, and stock was for the other guys. It's pretty simple, but it never seems to work that way. And mostly because you have people that always want to win and don't want to work hard to do it. So, just like you talked about that guy who did all the work to that car, um, but didn't win. But had he spent that same amount of time and effort 
uh, on his driving or his strategy in running a race, he might have different results. I don't know. No, I think you're right on that one, to be honest with you. Just a little drinking my coffee. A little quiet now. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, we'll, uh, if you're you're, uh, all done there, Tim, we'll move on to the next guy. Okay, perfect. Brad, uh, we'll get your input now. Yep. Just wanted to stock racing. I don't really think it's stock racing anymore, like you say, until they start, you know, they start adding, you know, aluminum to where they didn't have aluminum when it came it came with it. It was all, you know, plastic. You know, they, people go as far as to as you know, trimming rotors inside motors and stuff, whatnot. And yeah, I think that it'll just be like it came out of the box. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I know it'd be kind of hard to police that, but you know, if you're going to actually run stock and have you know, legit stock races all the time. You need to have that person out there that's pretty familiar with the cars that, that are being ran. Well, or maybe it's a maybe it's time to 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 talk to the manufacturers that all build ten scale and say you guys need to make a stock kit, something that who, who if a stock if somebody wants to race stock, this is the kit and the only kit by each manufacturer that can be used in that class. I know it's. Yeah, you know, some people are going to be like, "Oh, well, you can't do that. You can't make this." That, but if every manufacturer got on board with it and built a kit specifically yep. for stock racing, it's simple. That that's what you run. Yeah, but but the issue is that you have uh, ten times the amount of manufacturers, quote unquote, that are making upgrade parts of that stock kit that you obliterate in one move. And the hobby industry, one probably could take it. And two wouldn't allow it, so that's mm-hmm. where you're to a huge roadblock. And it's a money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to police, I guess. But you know, that, that I guess oh, it's hard to say anymore. Like you know, people using cut gears in their transmissions. No, that's not stock anymore. Yeah, no, you're you're right. You're right. <laughs> that's kind of why I just switched over to the mod. I'd rather run the mod. You know, if you guys start doing that to the car, anyways, you might as well just go mod. You know, and for the people that are trying to switch to use their chassis, you know, you still have a minimum weight to meet, so I don't really see what good that's really doing them any. Yeah, well, other than maybe more flex out of their car. Well, I think by lightening it, going to a lighter chassis, they're making room for other things to be heavier. Yeah, I guess so. Uh oh. I mean, I guess it's no different than the mod cars that we run. You know, we cut out like our, you know, my associated cars. We we cut out waterfall braces and servo braces and whatnot to kind of get up, give up some flex of the car. But yeah. I guess you know you're allowed to do that. You're you're in mod class. Well, that's it. That's kind of what we're getting at with this whole thing. Oh, I got to keep everything going here. Yeah, you're up. I'm up. All right. Yeah. Well, let's hear from our good friend Chris Vieira. Sorry guys, we don't re- we don't rehearse this stuff. We don't write out scripts. We don't uh, we wing it. So uh, you actually skipped Bubba there, Matt. Did I? Well, I was kind of going all over on my list, Mister. But thank you for. Oh, thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks. Okay, go with Chris. Do it. Your yeah, way. thank you. <laughs> I pay the I, bills around here. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> um, stock racing is supposed to be an entry-level class for people that want to come in off the street and try to drive an RC car. And to come into an RC event now and see a stock class event and see the level at which these guys are at, it just turns people away. You need to have something that would bring people in and, and be, like, you know, 
like a not so extreme. You come in off the street and you want to try RC cars, and it's a spec class. Like Los used to have their their spec cars with the blue blue tires and all that stuff, and uh, it was pretty cool. But now stock racing with people doing all these mods to their cars, it should just be running mod anyways. If you want to do that much stuff to your cars, run mod. You're trying to go just as fast as a mod car with a stock car. Why haven't you taken the next step and just run mod? I mean, you've already won stock at, at your class for the last seven and a half years. It's time to, to get out. You know, we used to have like a, a four-race win deal where you win four races and you get bumped up. Now it's like well, you, can, you can camp in stock forever and be the local hero or go to a big race and run stock and and still be a, a competitive driver. <clears throat> but no one is, like had been mentioned here in this podcast, that no one's really taken that initiative to progress their driving to go to that next step. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly See, a good really. point. It's hard to disagree. Yeah, no, exactly. All right, uh, Cole, you still there with us? Yep. Okay, uh, you got uh, any insight into kind of what we're talking about here and, and how you feel about the whole stock racing scene? Well, you're always going to have that one person that <clears throat> then wants to modify that car, and that's usually in stock. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and how do you feel about that? Like, do you find that frustrating that, you know, there's people out there that are willing to go to the extreme just to get that little bit extra or... Yeah, sometimes it's frustrating just because it could be a lot faster that way. But some people just do it just to tinker with their cars, right? Just to make them that little bit better. Which I don't mind it, but if they're that much faster, then it gets to be a problem. Yeah. No. Exactly. Okay. All that's, right. Uh, that's definitely some good info. I'm gonna get your dad back in the call right now. <laughs> he accidentally hung up. Oops. <laughs> Gotta love how that works. Jim likes to race uh, stock racing, uh, and this will definitely be right up his alley. Get him back in here. Hello. Hey, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, we're we're at your point here uh, for your input here on the whole stock racing uh, scene. So we'll let you loose at her. Hey. Well, I've been racing for years and years and years, so. Stock racing back in the day was all handout motors when you went to bigger races, but your faster guys always seemed to figure out how to go faster anyway, so the handout motors really didn't change things a whole lot. Right. And nowadays, everybody's motors and speed controllers are fast enough to win given whoever's driving it. Right. Do, do, so so you, you you concentrate on stock racing. That that's what you like to race yourself personally. I don't have the reflexes I used to have, so stock racing suits me better. Right. So like <clears throat> when, when you see somebody show up at the track with some super modified car that they're running in stock, do you does that frustrate you, or do you just kind of shake your head and, and not worry about it? Or most of the races we go to, nobody really has their cars modified. To the point where you were talking how the chassis are all milled out. We've, we've actually found that the heavier chassis seems to help the cars versus having a lightweight chassis. Yeah, hmm. I've always had that argument too that weight is actually a good thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit more weight on the tires gives you a little more traction. Yep. Yeah, no, definitely. 
All right, Matt, we'll uh, let you go back to your random list there. Oh, my random list. Well, okay. So, uh, you know, not to be forgotten, which I was going to go to after Chris, would be Bubba. So, Bubba, what do you have on this whole stock (laughs) racing deal? Well, it's like a couple of other people said. I mean, I started racing 20-some years ago, and even back then with the handout motors, they they were doing the cut brushes and springs, and they get put them on the motor zappers and zap batteries and uh, cut chassis even were popular back then. So between now and and back then is basically the same thing except for uh, the biggest problem I have now is with the safety of it with people charging batteries at 40 to 60, 70 amps. You know, that's that's the scary part about the whole business right now. It's uh, as far as like tinkering and stuff, that goes on even in modified classes, trying to figure out, okay, if I do this to the car, will it will it be better? But as far as calling it a, a, either a, a stock or modified, to me, that's just the, the motor. You know, stock is 17.5, mod is whatever, everything else. What you guys do to the chassis, as long as it's in the rule books, you know, that's, that happens in every single form of racing known to man. Somebody's always going to find something to try and see if it works or anything like that, but... If they want to do like what you're talking about, where you go uh, one kit, then that go that boils it down to like we call a spec class. Well, the rules say you have to run this motor, you have to run this battery, you have to run this. Now that's like, like your a next a lower level from stock. So, right. like to me, it just it, it all boils down to you know between stock and mod is the motor. Everything else, is, as long as you do it within the rule book. Now, somebody, the innovation that some people come up with to modify the cars or, or make the cars lighter, move weights around, everything else, as long as it's within the rules, it's going to be fine. Like I said, but the radiate the problem I have is, you know, you're going to the track and, you know, they're charging all these ridiculous amperages. And with the power of the lipos now, that to me, that's the more dangerous part. That's that. To me, the stock racing, that's the biggest problem I have. No, it makes it's sense. And that, you're right. that type of amperage. Yeah, I, I, I see Bubba's box. side of it. I do. Yeah, yeah no. Definitely good. Aaron uh, Bullock, uh, you want to uh, give us your input, please? Sure. If it, uh, if it costs more, like from an entry-level point of view, if it costs more to go stock... Than just go mod in the first place, and then, uh, I mean, if the events I've went to, it seems like there's guys that'll that'll pull like an older car out to run stock seventeen five, and they'll use their good car for mod or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I think it's good because it allows some class separation because sometimes people want to get away from the fast guys so they can actually win every once in a while. So. I guess stock isn't really a bad thing, but I mean, there should probably be a division between like pro stock and you know stock entry level, um, just so there's that division on how much I guess people really have to spend to be competitive and how much they got to switch cheese a chassis or you know. But at the end of the day, everybody wants to have fun. Everybody wants to win, and uh, well, I guess that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Basically, Tech Motors. Tech battery for voltage, blinky if you're going to do it, and then uh, basically 
do like a pro stock where anything goes so long as it's still motor speed control batteries. Yeah, I mean the biggest problem is like like was said, right? Is you also have to be able to police all this, and unfortunately, like there's just not enough time to look at everybody's motor, everybody's this. So it kind of goes on the honor system, uh, you know. And at the end of the day, while we're kind of having this conversation, you know, if you got one of these cars that that you've modified like that, and you win at the end of the day, you know, it, it you got to feel good about it. You know what I mean? You got to say to yourself, well, I had to mod the the crap out of this thing just to get first place you know is that really fair to everybody else so you know i guess at the end of the day if you feel okay with it it is what it is um but as we were saying there earlier you know the guy that we know that you know went crazy with the mods didn't win anyway so it's like how far did that really get you and as tim said if he would have taken the time that was invested into doing all those mods into practice we'll call it maybe he would have finished a lot better uh you know so it's it's definitely uh Kind of, there's two sides to every story there, right? So, sure. Oh, it's very. You know something. Uh, oh, you know ahead, something they used to do. Something they used to do back. Um, I used to race uh, actual, real uh, dirt oval cars, and in one of the stock quote-unquote classes they had out there, because they couldn't police all those different things in that class, they just did a uh, buyout where the top three guys that after you won, your car could be bought for like I think it was two thousand dollars. So oh, you never really want to put too much more money into your car. Yes, exactly. Claim. So you didn't. You never want yeah, to put claim too much engines in because someone could buy it. Just that easy. And it happened. I saw guys buy out, get bought out, and so that's how they controlled it. And it was pretty self-policing at that point because you weren't going to dump ten grand into a car that someone could come along after the final and buy for two thousand dollars. Yeah, we we had actually kind of had a conversation like that, Mike. Remember? Yep. No, we did. About offering that. Yep. Yep. That you could you could uh, buy somebody's motor. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking just the motor. Tim was yeah. suggesting the whole car, which I mean, yeah. Either way, it's it's the same difference. But yeah. Yeah. You got to be pretty sure then at that point if you're going to drop that kind of money, <laughs> you know, or you got to have a really good job. One of the two. For sure. All right. Well, Mark, you were up, my friend. Don't right. worry, Dre. We have not forgot about you. Don't worry. Uh, I- I'm waiting patiently. <laughs> I personally like. I haven't been around during the the brushless era, or sorry, the brushed era, so I'm not too familiar with stock racing. There's no stock racing at my local tracks, but I have to agree with a lot of the people that said. I mean, if you make a change to your car, it's not stock anymore. Um, the way I look at it is like NASCAR in the '60s. It was race on Sunday, buy on Monday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They took it. It was pretty much right off the factory floor. They put tires on it or whatever, and they went out and ran. If you can't do that in an RC car, it's not stock. I, um, I think the class, the stock class, was designed to introduce people to racing. But I think it's actually scaring people away now because people are dumping so much money into making it you know, to going faster and stuff like that. And to think you're spending more on a stock vehicle, quote, stock vehicle, than you are on a mod vehicle. So somebody being introduced to the class, introduced to racing period, is looking at it like, okay, well, I want to run the stock class, but it's costing this much more money. Mm -hmm. 
I think uh, I think stock was there to to for drivers to work on their skills and not have to worry about their equipment. But it just yeah. it just seems like it's gone the other way. I mean, uh, someone like you guys have said, someone could spend all the time, all the money in the world on making this heavily modified stock car. And chances are if they crash in the first lap, all that work and all that money they've gone into putting into it has just gone out the window. Yep. The car's yeah. only as good as its driver. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, that is true. Like I'm definitely not saying that. I, I definitely think a, a driver's skill level um, is very important and key to a, a winning combination, but when you get a guy that's on the cusp of being a decent driver and just outside of maybe second or first, and he's, you know, that third or fourth guy, and then all of a sudden he's taking firsts, unless he's gotten a whole ton of practice in, maybe, you know, and it's in a stock class. But I agree with what you say, Mark. Everybody keeps saying that the stock class was intended for new people to the hobby to come in. Well, a new person to the hobby, yes, you know, we all know this hobby is not cheap. Um, that's for sure. But a new person to the hobby doesn't want to have to go out and spend, you know, eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars on one car just to be competitive exactly. in that class. Say they're a natural driver. They're, they're going to have to spend a, a whack of money just to be competitive because the likelihood of them taking a box stock TLR 3.0, an associated B6, you know, a Kyosho, whatever. It's the, the likelihood of them taking that car and putting a 17.5 in it, whether it be the best motor on the market or not they are not going to be up in the tops if there's guys that just run stock and have thousands of dollars and cut gears and this and that. And you know what I mean? So, Oh, yeah. But when, even when those, those people that come in, they say, say they buy the B6 and they buy just you know a Hobbywing 17.5, nothing, nothing, no Trinity or anything like that. They just buy a 17.5. And then they see guys that are in this class that are just, you know, over the course of like five minutes, they're putting three laps up on them. Mm-hmm. You know, the point of the class was for closer racing was to, I guess, to focus on the driver, not the equipment. But it, it's kind of, I, I mean, for me, I would see it as being discouraging because to even stay competitive, you've got to dump all that money into it. And that's not what they want to do. They just want to drive the car, have fun. Totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, last but not least, Mr. Dre. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit on some of this. <laughs> but I, the, the main problem I've got with stock, and like a lot of people have said, it costs so much money to get into it. I've been racing for either five or six years, and I went down – in the basement the other night, and I counted. I have seven different 17.5 motors, and the vast majority of them were over $100 a piece. That's just ridiculous, I think. But at the same point, when you want to stay competitive, you've got to drop that money on a new motor every year or a year and a half or sometimes less. Um, I think what they need to do is take your <coughs> – that seven the, the spec motor, I like the idea of it, and I'd – Right or wrong, I heard it's supposedly supposed to be about $60 U.S. to buy it. I think that's a great deal to not only police the motor, but also to police the price that's the motor. They're going to do that. They need to say, okay, here's the list of motors you can run in stock, and they've all got to be under this set price because that's 
another thing. A lot of people come to their to race and they find out how much money it costs. It, it just turns them away right away. Um, also, the I almost think seventeen five anymore is getting to be too fast for entry level racers. It's the old twenty seven turn brush days they weren't anywhere near this fast. So I don't know if they need to kind of make seventeen five say a super stock class and then open it up kind of like mod. And then have like a twenty-one-five or twenty-five-five class. Um, it's just a thought. I I really don't know, but the thing, and it's different in our local track because we have so many guys that run stock and mod. It's just it's a different level of racing up there. We get we actually get a lot of people. They'll show up with a ready to run SC ten. And they're like, well, all right, we want to run stock. I'm like, well, you can. It's got a Reedy 3300 brushless in it or whatever. It's not a 17.5. You have to run mod, and then they're bummed out about that. It really doesn't matter at our track because it's not big enough to really let the mod guys open it up anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stock almost, in some ways, needs to be a spec class, but that's going to turn people away too. I mean, everything's a double-edged sword when they come down to it. They can put all these rules and regulations in. And at the end of the day, the fast guys are still going to be fast, whether they did the tuning to their car or they spent a lot of money on it. It's, I don't know, I'm just rambling, but <laughs> I. <laughs> no, no, it's all definitely good points. And, uh, you know, it's very interesting to hear everybody's opinion on it because it, it, it is true. It's a double-edged sword. You know, you, you, you do one thing, what's the effect on the other side, right? And you know yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's it's always going to be this way but it's fun to talk about you know and debate and, and hear what people have to say and what they think and i don't think we'll ever see the manufacturers uh do much about the whole situation in regards to um building just a stock car i don't think it's going to happen because they're making their money off of selling all the upgrade parts on their on the on the kit cars as it is, right? So it, it's it's definitely, I don't know. I don't know. It's just my my two cents. No, every, everybody's had. Well, back a, in, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rana. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go uh, ahead. I was just gonna say, back in the day, in the M M&M and M days, um, you know, the the organizer of the event would take it upon themselves to give you a stock motor, and it had like nail polish on it, so you couldn't, you know, modify it or, you know, so they knew if you touched it or not. And then you got a um, handout battery and hand out tires. So whatever you did to your, you know, chassis or whatever was on you, but at least, you know, that was as far as, you know, them trying to police it and keep it as stock as possible. You know, that was early 90s, but, uh, you know, and unless somebody has 10 cars that are all the same at an event, that's the only way you could do it, so. Yeah, no, exactly. And we've heard a lot of that, and that's where that Trinity motor comes in, right, because it's all taped up and... yeah. I, like I said, I, everybody's had, you know, good, good points um, about the, the whole thing. And, and, I, and I get it from every aspect. I get it that it affects the hobby in the sense of the manufacturers because a lot of manufacturers make parts and everything like that. Maybe, maybe the outcry needs to be for an actual, like a true stock spec class that is the featured one. And stop calling stock stock because it... I, I get what Bubba's saying with, you know, we identify stock as a 17.5 17 roar-approved motor, 
an ESC. That that's basically all you ever worry about if you go to one of these roar sanctioned events is to make sure that your motor yeah. and that is roar approved. So I, I get from that aspect, but again, my problem is I want to be able to go out there and kind of try to hang with these guys, you know, because I'm a, I'm an okay driver. I'm not a great driver, but I'm an okay driver, and I know I can drive okay. But like somebody else had said, you know, when you're out there with these guys and you're supposedly running the same car as that guy's running, but you're four or five laps down to this guy in five minutes, and you and you had a fairly decent run because I've had those. I've had them ones where I don't crash. And actually have a good run, and I'm still three or four laps down. And I'm going, what the hell did I do wrong? Like you just can't figure it out. You can't figure out how the guy is running four seconds faster than you, and that's that's kind of I think where the separation of of it gets frustrating for some. It's because you know you have a huge investment into the hobby already, and how much more money is it going to take to spend to be able to hang with these guys that have you know the better chargers, the better battery, the this that and the other thing. I'm not saying my batteries aren't good. I'm just you know what I mean. Going down that path. Yep. So, but uh, a lot, a lot of hang on. I heard, I heard Dre in there, so Dre Naylor. No. <laughs> uh, and a lot, a lot of it, too. You see, okay, this guy's faster than me. Well, how, how can I beat him? Well, I can go buy a new motor, I can get new batteries. A lot of people don't tune their cars like they used to, I don't think. And I think that's suffering or hurting the hobby some. They're more likely to go just spend a lot of cash to try to be faster rather than change your springs or oil or pistons or, or what have you. Yeah. Play with gearing. Yeah. I think a lot of, sorry, can I chime in real quick? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I think a lot of drivers tend to blame the car rather than themselves. Like I've, I've seen that a lot. Um, but I mean, if you know, like, for instance, there's there's one local racer that I see, and I've been helping him for the last you know couple seasons on carpet and on dirt, just to help him improve. But he keeps making changes to his car, thinking it's going to help. When I know the help is is going to be more efficient when he works on his lines, when he works on his driving, the car's not going to do anything for you if you can't get the driving down. Yeah, yeah, for sure, see absolutely, I mean? yeah. Like, once, once you've maxed out, let's say, okay, once, once you get your car to a certain setup, say your fastest lap times, you know, whatever. If you can't, if you can't beat that lap time or, or that, you know, qualifying time over the course of four or five minutes, and you've been, a, you've been, you know, stuck on that hump for a bit, then maybe it's time to make a change to the car. You know, but yep. until then, like unless your lines are perfect, you hit every apex, every you know downside of the jumps, or you know your braking points are spot on. Don't even look at the car just yet. Focus on your line. Now, that's the way I look at. Because I mean, you can always find more time taking a line than making a change to the car. At least in my my experience. Yeah, I'm not a big fiddler with my car. I'm not that good yet. No, neither am I. Once I find a good <laughs> setup, I leave it. You guys, that's kind of funny because you guys are talking about how fast my car is compared to somebody else's. But Cole will take that same car and go out there and run over a second faster a lap than me. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair, though, to compare Cole to... Well, he's... He's... 
unusually really good. He's talented. Oh, man. I enjoyed watching him, man. Every time I just, when he had the rubber tires on when he was first trying and he was, you know, whipping the car, I'm going, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. Dude, he's doing it on every jump. Do you see this? <laughs> I know. And well, then I, and, and I, well, hang on. I'm not done ahead, yet. Man. I'm not done yet. And then I get up there beside him on the stand and I'm like, well, how do you do that? He goes, well, it doesn't do it very good with the foam tires on. I'm like, hmm, that might answer the question is why I can't get my cars to do it no matter how hard I try because all I run is foams. <laughs> Yeah, Matt would try to do it, and all he would do is his My car, car would be wheels. sideways sometimes. <laughs> Barrel roll. I could get it to go sideways. I just can't get it to come back the other way. It just n- lacks that ability. You got the half whip. Yeah, I got the half whip into the somersault barrel roll land on your lid deal. Nice. Well, Matt, and, and you bringing up cool kind of leads us into our second question here. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to bring up something here that I was beside myself with and whatnot and I thought was really awesome uh, and that was back at the spring fling that we were at uh, this year um, and, and and actually let me just kind of put the question out there so the question is what in your opinion is one of the most influential events products persons or company can be really anything in the RC industry and why um, I and I asked that question uh, because it, it'll be interesting to kind of hear what everybody thinks is really been a turning page, uh, you know, recently or or anything like that. And where I was going with this is, is at our race, uh, Cole had, been, I think it was a door prize or something like that. Anyways, had won a Spectrum radio. And, well, as everybody knows, Cole probably didn't really need another brand new radio because he probably has the best of the best. Uh, and one of the other uh, people at the track was uh, really hoping to win it. And when Cole won it, he didn't even really think about it, I don't think. It was just natural. He gave that door prize or that, that, that whatever he won, the radio, to that other person there. Uh, and, you know, and I was like, you know, that's what this RC racing thing is all about. It's supposed to be about everybody, you know, being friendly, sharing, helping. And, you know, the whole, uh, the whole thing should be like that, you know, and... and we see so many crazy things happen at the tracks, people fighting, people doing all sorts of crazy things, uh, you know, and, and it's nice to finally, we haven't really talked to Cole and Jim since, since that race. And, right. You know, I want to say that was awesome. I don't know what happened in the background. I just saw it happen, and I was just like, man, that, that's how it should be, and thanks, Cole. That's all I want to say is thank you for doing that. No problem. <laughs> I know when... Uh my dad and I first got into it. Everyone just kind of had their own thing and they didn't really want to talk to everyone. So when we progressed and got better during our racing, I've been thankful for all of my sponsors and that stuff coming along, but we used to be like that. And we used to use their, each, each other's light bulbs Oh, we still got you there? Yeah, he's still here. Oh, yeah, okay. So, Jim, that, that must have been uh, a pretty proud moment for you, too, to kind of watch your son pass something on like that as well, eh? That's kind of how we've always been. If I can help somebody out when we're at the track, I will. Yeah, no, that's good. Being approachable is definitely uh, one of those things. So maybe what we'll do is, uh, Jim, we'll, we'll let you kind of answer that question first here. You know, what is something... Uh, that you feel has been very influential to the to the industry, and why? 
Um, exactly. I don't really want to point out one person, I guess. I just, my way of looking at the racing is we're all there for the same reason. We're all there to have fun yep. when somebody's struggling. And when we're struggling, or somebody's struggling, I'd rather um, step up and try to help out whoever it is. So in a way, you're kind of one of those influential people yourself. Well, I try to be a mentor, even though I'm getting older and slower. I still try to help whoever I can. <laughs> hey, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that, right? No, I think it's the way we all should be. Yeah. What about you, Cole? Who is someone that you kind of look up to uh, in, the, in the industry? Oh, one person? I, I wouldn't want to name off to one person, but, like, some reasons of people to do it is to help, like, people around them. If they're slower, try to point out something that they could change on their car to make it better because that person that's struggling might not know what to do to the car to make it better on the track. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Right on. All right. I think Brent has been, Brent Silky has been a real big influence to us. Who was that, sorry? Brent Silky. Okay. From Associated. You might not know, Mike. It's okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. You're a TLR converter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. All right, Matt, go ahead and uh, draw from your pool of many people. My pool of many, many people, many, many people. Okay, well, we're going to go over to uh, Chris Vieira. Oh, so what are we talking about? I know we were supposed to talk about something that was influential <laughs> or uh, something, but... Did we win <laughs> Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. Uh, hey, guys. One. No, I was listening. I listened to all of them. I was listening to Cole, but I was like, what was the topic? What, what was what the, I missed it. So it's uh, the, the question or topic that we're going on here is, what in your opinion is one of the most influential events, products, person, or company, and really can be anything in the RC industry, and why? Like within a certain time frame or Ever. You know, overall? Traxxas Slash. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. Traxxas Slash because it brought people off the street that could buy an affordable car and go race at the track with their buddies, as well as having fun in the field with their friends. And it created a whole segment of the hobby that has continuously grown and grown and grown and is supported by all manufacturers pretty much. You know, it's a cheap car to work on. I agree. You know, (laughs) so that's, that's what I'm going to say. That's all I can really say. I'm I'm not going to justify why it's so good. Everybody knows why. And, and, uh, you know, you no, have fun answer. with them. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's, so. uh, let's, uh, hear from, uh, Gino. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. For me, it would be, uh, Randy Pike, man. Um, he happens to own the, uh, track where I go to the indoor clay track. And, uh, if anybody doesn't know who he is, Randy Pike's the, uh, Tekken team manager. And, uh, I think the guy does all development and stuff for him and, uh, He's always there to help us. Uh, if you have any questions and stuff, he's always there at the track for us and stuff. A uh, good example. Uh, one evening, a guy uh, wrecked his SC10 and just blew out the whole rear end. So uh, he stopped the – it was right before the race, I guess. He stopped the race and uh, ran over the table and uh, pulls out a SC5M chassis. He was pretty much all ready to go, a roller, and uh, 
man, he had everything done and ready to roll. In 15 minutes, the guy was back on the track, and it's just, he's awesome, you know, or if he breaks something, I've seen him give guys stuff, they don't have cash to fix the part and stuff, and it's just sweet, you know, it's, uh, I'm fortunate where I'm at, it's, uh, it's like having a family, um, it's not a weird atmosphere where no one gets along, you know, um, I constantly see people having good trackside etiquette, you know, where they uh, definitely lend in and help the other guy, and I've seen guys be like, oh, I don't have the, uh, the slicks to run here. They're like, oh, I got an extra pair. Here you go, man. You know, like it's just a sweet community. And uh, I'm really grateful to uh, have tracktimehobbies.com here where I'm at and be able to go there with the uh, air conditioner and whatnot. And, uh, with the <laughs> snow coming, we'll be able to go inside without with the heater going and racing the clay track, you know. So it's just nice. You know, it's, he's uh, Randy Pike's a great uh, influence to me. And I think he's uh, a very good uh just a great, great individual and an awesome racer, and he really cares, you know. That's what's really nice to have. So uh, that's about my two cents on the subject, so I'll go ahead and pass on to the next guy. Right Thanks, on. Gino. Thank you very much, Gino. Uh, we'll go with, uh, since I heard her there, we'll go with Rhonda on this one. So I have a little list because I, uh, I saw, you know, all the questions you guys asked. So by far, I think Nitro Challenge is um, – is for me the biggest event every year. I mean, just the amount of entries and it's like a circus when you go there, but it's fun. And, you know, you just, you get to see great racing. And then, uh, I was looking or I was listening to Peter, um, or sorry, <laughs> Chris, Chris Vieira, um, Traxxas, I have to say is probably the most influential in RC, even though we don't, you know, really race Traxxas products, you know, other than, you know, the, the beginner classes and all that, it has helped so much to get people in the hobby. Um, you know, like we're talking about all the stock and modifications and, and everything isn't inviting to the average person coming in. They're thinking, I just want to run this car. And then people start talking to them, oh, well, you need this, this, and this. Well, that deters people from the hobby. You know, they just want to have fun. So, and then uh, uh, I heard him say Randy Pike. I have to agree with that. Uh, Randy is great, and what I, one things I one of the things I love about Randy is that he just speaks his mind, and he doesn't care if he hurts your feelings or not. He's just very passionate on what he says and does. So, um, you know, he's he's. Uh, He's definitely a pioneer for the hobby, and uh, I have to say my husband, too. But, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, Adam's getting older, and everybody's like, oh, he's getting older, he's getting older. Well, the longer he does it, the longer everybody else does it in the hobby as well. So, um, yeah, so I answered all the questions. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Rhonda. Go ahead, uh, Jeremy. We'll get your input uh, now, please. Okay. I'm just going to agree with Ronda on that one. I think Traxxas is probably the one of the most influential ones. I mean, I got started back in 99 with a, with a rustler. Um, a buddy had shown me a magazine, and I saw a triple X buggy, and then he's like, well, you got to build it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to find something else. And I found a rustler, and it was awesome, and I was hooked ever since. Um, and really, our local following, it all started with a guy selling Traxxas stuff out of a Kawasaki shop, and everybody got slashes or rustlers or peds or whatever we all got started and, but it, then if you look at the whole Traxxas lineup i mean they've got something for everybody you've got the monster jam monster trucks the revos the slashes i mean they've got boats drag cars the x01 the x max well the t max you look at that that changed the industry in overnight 
So uh, they just cater to a lot of different people in the market. And they could, I mean, they bring a lot of people into RC that wouldn't be in it otherwise. I mean, they're reasonably priced cars that are pretty durable. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that Dude Perfect RC YouTube channel. I mean, they did a video and it was all just RC stuff. And I mean, that right there had to bring tons of people to the hobby just to what they were doing with the things. I mean, jumping them crazy far, doing drift stuff with them. I mean, just anything you can think of. And it's just, it's excellent promotion for the hobby to bring new people in. And that's what we need is continued growth. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the other things that Traxxas did that was ingenious was, and I know up here in Canada anyways, is they started selling them in Best Buy. So it was like really, really easy. You didn't have to go to a hobby shop. You could just go to Best Buy or Future Shop and buy a Traxxas car. And it was like, it doesn't get easier than that. And it definitely makes sense to to why uh, you know, a lot of people have them. And, and yeah, it is a good starting point. Yeah, definitely good. Go ahead there, Matt. And uh, uh, okay, so we'll go and we'll talk to Mister Mark. I'd probably have to go with Traxxas as well. I didn't even think of that one until that was mentioned. Neither did I. Neither did uh, I. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the one brand that took a small hobby and just blew it up to, to like mainstream market. And like Mike said, they're the only brand sold in big box electronics stores. Now it does have an adverse effect against like your local hobby shop, but it does bring more people into the hobby. So I think, you know, just finding a way how they did it, you know, to branch it out to just the mainstream market was you know something's no one something no one's ever done before so i mean that was huge so i guess people you know to start out they start with those and then if they want to get into something else they have options well at least it's not a huge investment right like you're not spending hundreds and thousands of dollars right i mean you can you can go to best buy and walk out with a ready to run car for 350 bucks canadian that is it's probably even cheaper yeah. and uh U.S. dollars, because our Canadian dollars worth nothing, but that's another whole topic in itself. You got ketchup chips. Yes, we do. You eating <laughs> something? Those ain't now, cheap either. And poutine, whatever the heck that is. Oh my god! Oh, that's something. Oh. It's so good. There's a reason why. Fourth cheese and gravy. You got to try. Yeah, it. poutine is really good. Like, it's gotta I, mean, be. I will take a quarter pound of that right now. Hot and just the <laughs> steam coming off. It's amazing. And you throw bacon on it. It's even better. <laughs> yeah, I've never okay. tried the bacon before. Bacon version. Yeah, it's got to be real bacon, not that cheap simulated bacon bits. Yes. I agree. Or Canadian bacon. Yeah. That's called pea meal bacon. <laughs> I hate that. That You, you know, know, you guys. <laughs> a quick off you guys are talking about Traxxas? Yeah. yeah. At our local track, to push people into more of a stock racing, stock splash is more of a class for that. Yeah, true. Yes. Instead of instead of throwing them straight into a buggy. Well, that, yep. yeah, that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Totally. I mean, that's how that's how a lot of the people at our track started was running short course, stock short course, and once they got better with that. Then they kind of moved them into a buggy. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what we were doing at our track. It was kind of just to bring what you have for novice. That's what we ran novice, and then we would run stock as well. Mm-hmm. So novice mm-hmm. was just kind of like a 
demo derby, and then stock was a little <laughs> bit more controlled. But yep. yeah, our novice class is all short course trucks. Yeah. So Brad, uh, let's. Uh, what 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 do you think uh, is one of the influential things in well, the industry? Well, I'd say my my first car also that I had gotten it was actually given to me that was actually hobby grade was the Traxxas two point five T Max. And uh, if it wasn't for you know for the Traxxas, no, they're you know bash worthy by far. Uh, you know, the parts are fairly cheap. You know, they get get you know it's about anything for anybody, like everybody else was saying. Um, I think my probably most influential person to look at. I kind of look up. He was a local guy I raced with, named Dave Thurl. You know, when I first started racing about a year and a half, two years ago, you know, I was seeing track size, you know, you know, running novice class. Like, man, how do these guys drive so fast? They're never gonna be there, you know. And a year and a half later, two years later, I'm, you know, beating him and racing right with him. Yep, um, that's how it goes. No, it's just it's, it's always nice to have you know people there track side you know when you be out the race and they ask you to pull your car over and you, you know they take your car they start working on it for you and it's like well I didn't, you don't expect people to do that for you you know it's always nice to meet new people and you know have good people out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Oh. I've had that a few times where yeah. right before a race, uh, another racer that I respect grabbed my car and. You know, he dropped it down like you would on like a on his table, and he kind of looked at it for a second. He's like, "Do you mind if I adjust?" I'm like, "No, no, no! If you figure you need something, go for it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because apparently, you know, I'm watching you, and you're driving a lot better than I am, yeah, so yeah. you know something that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, hook me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move over and on to Mr. Tim. You still up there, Mister? Oh, sorry, I was combing my mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was man. watching it. Yeah. Uh, okay. closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do have a couple. Uh, as far as companies go, I'm going to change it up and throw Axial into the mix. This is a company that uh, has sort of changed the marketplace in a great way in the last probably four or five years. They're actually one of the majority holders now of new sales of RC cars. There's a lot of guys and gals out there running scale trucks and that kind of thing. Um, every weekend I'm kind of in that little bit of a vein of RC and I see, you know, just where I live every weekend, there's groups all around me getting together. And it's kind of an interesting group too, because you go out and a lot of times there's older people, maybe, um, retired and a lot of kids. And it's just, uh, there's a huge base of RC people out there. And it's really all thanks to Axial bringing that style of, of um rc to the world going along with that it's like an axial commercial is uh, axial fest is this is an incredible event um this last year we went this is the third year i think we went there was uh it's somewhere around 1800 entries and uh it's you know four days in the mountains of of trailing five mile trails you do there's six of them you do a couple a day it's an incredible event with nothing but RC people for days and days and days. And, um, yeah, that's probably, to me, the biggest event I've ever seen that's so RC-rich. Um, it's not really competitive in that standpoint, so it's more of a get-together. But it's an incredible thing. And I guess last... What? what? <laughs> an item is... Um, this is kind of a weird one, but I'm going to throw this out there, is uh, hard memory. 
like you get in your phone or anything like that. Memory changed, completely changed how our electronics are. I mean, give us the ability to have speed controls that you can program and you can do all these different things to and profiles, radios that can communicate back and forth and have incredible range. It's really all based on, on a memory chip. And so to me, that was a, a quiet thing that no one really realized that really changed all of our industry because our, you know, our industry is based on electronics and how electronics go is how we go. So, and as far as a person that's influential, it's someone that I know, a guy named Mike Ogle. Some of you may, but probably most don't know who he is. He actually designed the RC-10, the original box way back then. He worked for Associated. Um, he was a huge influential person in my life and really gave me the passion to do the type of RC I do now, doing, trying to get people involved and showing them how awesome RC is. So that is awesome. Yeah. And, and just to add on to what you're saying there, Tim, a lot of people don't realize how big the crawler scene really is. And I think it's a lot bigger than most people realize. It's bigger than, than any other type of racing or anything in RC. It's the biggest. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. And, and Axial is kind of the only mainstream brand that, that kind of puts that style of RC out, if, if I'm correct in saying that, or am I wrong? Well, other companies do do it, but they, they've, they are very much the leader. Um, most right. are following their example, you know. Well, so, and getting you know, to scale is a big thing too, right? Well, the thing about the about the scaling kind of thing is there's a couple of different ways to go with it. You know, there's scale where you can you can build these things that look very realistic, but yet perform in incredible situations. Um, or you can also go the other route where you turn them into a, like a rock racer and you're actually racing each other. Um, and now with the introduction of the monster truck, you know, that kind of puts a whole new uh, angle to it now you're gonna i mean we already knew john schultz had this going on about a year ago where he was putting on these monster truck races where it's just like the real ones where it's kind of a drag race over some jumps and back around in these monster trucks and now you know they're unleashing a line to do specifically that so i i would imagine maybe not so much in california because that type of racing is not huge out here but i know in the midwest and back east it's very popular so you know just another avenue just another I think why I like Axial and it's a lot like Trexas is they look at RC as a big, huge thing and they try to they try to appease each different type of group. You know, Axial's got the scalers, they got the rock racers now, they have the monster kind of people. And and Trexas does the same thing. Like someone said they had boats and you know, they try to they try to broaden it as far as they can to RC. They're not they're not a for lack of a better word, an associated that sort of focuses on RC race cars. Like that's been, always been their world. So just mm-hmm. a different different style of of RC company. No, that's awesome. That's definitely uh, a good one. Aaron uh, Bullock, do you have uh, something on your list? Well, sort of. Um, you know, I think a lot of the influence comes as far as the hobby just comes from people uh, spreading positivity. And uh, to me, that's where Axial and Traxxas and those companies kind of come in, or even the smaller companies trying to make a name for themselves, which... Um, you know they're they'll go out of their way to to help the little guy, just to gain momentum for their comp for their company. I guess is is kind of what I'm getting at, mm-hmm. um, which we'll discuss probably in number three or four, or whatever. Um, but uh, you know I I think most influential. I mean, really, we should all be in some way, shape, or form in that. You know, we are RC. We live the lifestyle, and 
to me, anybody that jumps in and helps out the newbie or um, whether it be get faster or just promote the hobby, you know, we're all ambassadors to the sport slash hobby. And, you know, the, the nice thing about Traxxas is, um, you know, like I run Mugen for eight scale racing, love them. But even at home, I still have two slashes that I'll take to the park. And if the kid comes up, I'll say, hey, here, have some fun. You know, it's, to me, it's all about spreading the positivity of the hobby. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Right on, right on. Okay, so what do I got left here? I got Bubba and Dre, right? Or did I talk no, to we Dre? Got one already. All right, sorry about that. Just Bubba. Looks like it's just Bubba. So go ahead, Bubba. What do you got? Well, personally, the what I found the most influential part is just the upgrading of the electronic stuff. Coming from the early days of the, uh, the brushed motors and the nickel metal hydride packs and going to the track with 20-some packs and discharging and cutting comms and all this stuff. And now we go to lipo batteries and brushless motors, which, you know, you go, you charge it, you go out there and run it, you put the car back on the shelf, you're good to go. You know, there's no more of the, the cycling of the packs. There's no more the cutting comms. There's no more replacing everything. No more, that's just, to me, just, just the ease of it. And the next big thing is like... I was talking about earlier, the radios <laughs> is going to the 2.4 gigahertz stuff where you know, you're know you not sitting on the, the driver's tail and yelling who's on 72, who's on 72. <laughs> you know, frequency clips. Yep. Which, are, which happens all the time. Uh, other than that, it just, it just made the, to me, it made the hobby so much easier. It's, that's That's basically what what I like about it, the in, uh, innovation of that part of it. And the cars have gotten way more durable, a lot more, more easier to drive, you know, coming from any any manufacturer aspect of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I guess the other thing I would say is <laughs> room service just came, came to the room, and I got to get going. <laughs> I'm getting kicked out. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I got to <laughs> end this call early now. Well, that's. So I a, apologize. No worries, no worries. We appreciate your participation up to this point, Baba, and have yourself a safe uh, little journey. And I'm sure we will chat soon and run into you soon too. Oh yeah, definitely in about a month. Yep, yep, for yeah, sure. Sir. All right, well you guys take care. All right, Baba. Have a good one. Right. Later, dude. All right. Baba. Good one. Yeah. And he's gone. All right, he's gone. <laughs> All right. So I think we did we we covered everybody yeah yeah we got everybody I've been putting glad a little X besides everybody's name as we go through. I'm the glad list. you're that organized. I haven't. And if we're missing somebody, you better speak up now or forever hold your peace. Yes. Okay, peace being held. We're moving on to the next topic. All right, so we're almost there, guys. We're making it. We're we're still alive. Nobody's fallen asleep yet. At least we haven't heard anybody snoring, which we probably would have listened to for ten minutes if you were. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the next topic we're coming on to here how have recent changes in the past say three to four years to sponsorships affected the hobby are they hurting the hobby shops are sponsorships given away too easy is being sponsored even meaning anymore like is it is it something that is important to people or do they just want it just to say oh i'm sponsored so it seems like everybody has a sponsorship yeah, of, yeah. of some sort these even days. mike and i do for free <laughs> yeah 
But yeah, we didn't even chase after that. No. We were asked. It just happened. <laughs> so, so with that being Matt, said, you, uh, I get to pick. First. I get to pick. I get to pick. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's start off with Mark. Okay, so there's a few parts of this question. Where where do you want me to start? Uh, wherever you want. Uh, is it hurting the hobby? Yes. Um, I think uh, if you go through these manufacturers, or these people that um, want sponsorship, a lot of these companies are just pretty much buying their loyalty for a discount. They're just trying to, they're like, okay, we'll give you 20%, um, just buy from us. And that's it. So that now they, they've guaranteed sales pretty much at, at the cost of 20%. Um, I agree. There are people out there that are looking for sponsorship just for the sake of being sponsored. Um, let me go back and read the rest of the question. <laughs> well, and, and part of it was, is, is it hurting the hobby shops? Because as soon as you become the sponsored driver, now you're no longer buying your stuff through someone local, right? Through the hobby shop. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. It is hurting the hobby shops. I mean, a lot of these shops are mom and pop shops these people you know they're trying to put food on their table keep a roof over their head um you know put their kid through school stuff like that and because you know somebody wants to go and say that they're sponsored by such and such a company now you know these people are now not making that money needed to put food on their table and whatnot mm -hmm. um so yeah i i do believe it is hurting hobby shops uh, and it kind of has lost its meaning, right? Like, but like I, I mean, me and Matt are so new to this, we don't know. But I would have presumed back in the day to get sponsored um, by one of the companies was kind of a really big deal, right? You had to kind of really prove yourself and who you were and what you could do. Where now, uh, like we said, it's just kind of handed out like a, you know, McDonald's coupons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I had to use that reference. I just no, had to. No, it, it, you have a point, you know, but I mean, I, I can tell you from personal experience, like, I'm I'm sponsored by my local hobby shop, and it wasn't because of my performance on the track. It was because of who I am off the track and how I represent the shop, how I represent the hobby. I'm, I'm no angel, I can tell you that much, <laughs> but, uh, but I try to keep a good atmosphere going keep it light you know what i mean yep yeah uh, and uh and that's that's what i feel is more important than the actual performance at the track it's just making sure that you know not making sure but i mean we're there to have a good time yeah, especially lead by like example, during right? club racing stuff so yeah exactly you lead by example yeah no exactly so, I mean, there's been plenty of times where I have to sit there and just bite my tongue as opposed to just, you know, speak my mind because anything I can say or would say could reflect poorly upon myself and the people I represent. Yep. So it takes a little getting used to. For sure. Yeah. So did you pursue your sponsors or did they pursue you? Uh, I was lucky enough to have my sponsors pursue me. I'm... I have two sponsors right now, um, one being my local hobby shop and one being a distributor out on the, 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 the West Coast. 
up in, in Washington, Bellgate Distributors. Um, Bellgate, I was asked to apply. I was asked by the team manager to apply. And uh, I told them, I, I didn't have a resume. I don't know. I've never made a resume. I told them, what do I do? So he told me what to do. I sent him an email. And then they offered me the sponsorship. I said, yeah. You know, I, I believed in the product that they, they were selling because I already had the product. Now, like, what okay, is their now, product, Mark? Yeah. Uh, they do dual-sky electronics, motors, um, motors, ESCs, uh, batteries, stuff like that. And my very first ESC that wasn't part of an RTR was a dual-sky ESC. And I loved it. So I was like, yeah, why not? Like, if I get a chance to back them, take it. Yeah, no. It's perfect. So, awesome, and, awesome. Uh, and then my my local hobby shop, Hot Rod Hobbies, came to me. Where I was I was just sitting down at the counter one day, and and Andrea, one of the owners, uh, we had a talk in her office, and, and she offered me the sponsorship. I said, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm loyal to them. I've always been, you know, an avid racer over there and I would buy my parts and, and whatnot over there. Well, you were probably said, already absolutely. doing it before they even asked, right? Like in a oh, way, absolutely. Right? you were probably already saying, you know, this is where you should go buy your parts. This is what you should, I like to run. You know, it's good, good, good. So it kind of comes yeah. natural when you already believe in a product. It's very easy to promote it, right? Absolutely. And that's why I've, I've done it. Like I've turned down um, I've turned down sponsorships before because I've never run the product and I'm not sure about it. You know, like, do I really want to back someone I really know nothing about? Yeah, no, exactly. So perfect. Well, I mean, whether I'm that. sponsored or wh- whether I'm sponsored or not, it's no big deal. It's not like I tried to do it. It just it was just perks of the the hobby, I guess. Perfect. So awesome. I uh, I'm actually really really. It- interested to hear what Jim has to kind of Jim Tollard has to say about all of this what I have to say huh yeah <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think the sponsorships do help or not help hurt the local hobby shops just because there are so many kids and adults that get sponsored just because of the fact that they're racing it's not so much on how well they race it's more so just because they are racing and spending money. Right. Um, us personally, all the sponsors that Cole has, we haven't approached anybody. They've all been approaching him. So I try to, when we're at the track, I'll represent every company that Cole has to my fullest, whatever it might be. No, that's definitely good. So, but do you, I guess just to maybe ask you, like, I, and and I, you know, you're definitely on the other side of the fence, and you know, one of the statements is, is you know, does it mean much to be sponsored anymore? I guess like it, it, it really just depends on where you stand. Like you guys are obviously very influential. Cole's you know doing very well with with his racing and all that. So for you guys, of course, it it would mean a lot to to have that backing, right? Because you're making a push for championships and, and, and to win races. Do you see a lot of, do you see guys at the track that have sponsorships um, from even the same people that you have that are kind of like, you know, those guys really aren't the guys that should have that? I think 
every hobby probably has that or every sport has that, but I know RC in general has a lot of people that maybe shouldn't have the sponsorship, but do. Right. Yeah, it happens, right? <laughs> it does. Well, that's, that's a big reason why we go to a lot of the smaller races that we do is so that we can represent all the companies that pull drives for. Properly. It's not, it's not so much to showboat or anything like that, but it's more so to represent the companies and show them that there's, you know, other products available or just show them the way that the company should be represented. Yeah, well, absolutely. And how about yourself, Cole? Like, do you kind of want to elaborate a little bit maybe on, on kind of that idea? Mm, I don't know. Like, my dad hit on the nail and so did Mark. Everyone, uh, I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I think we all know what that feels like. We go to say yeah. something, it's oh, like, yeah. what was I talking about again? Can somebody? Yeah. I hear you. No biggie. No biggie. No, no. Is it coming back, or, or do you want us just to move on, Cole? Well, everyone should just represent what they think should be right in the hobby. They shouldn't be, like, showing off and that stuff and having a bad attitude. We're in this hobby to have fun, and, like, afterwards, after races, we go out to eat and we hang out. It's all about doing that stuff. It's not on how you finish. Even though you want to win, it's not always about winning. It's about hanging out with your friends. It's like your second family. I know, like, Trackside has their own kind of family. My One of our local tracks, anyway, that's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They just kind of do everything as a family. They bring food on race days. They build the track together. They have their own say in things. Yeah. And that's how it should be, right? So... Yeah. Very good. Right on, right on. All right, well, we're going to head over and we're going to have a chat and see what uh, Dre has to say about this. You would have just stuffed a cookie in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, sponsorship, I think, is both good and bad for the hobby. It's good because it's helping companies promote their products, but it's bad because like you said, everybody said before, there's people seeking sponsorship just for the sake of sponsorship so they can be, oh, I'm a sponsored driver. Really, I think you need to believe in the product before you ever even think about either approaching them or being approached. Um, the, the company, I'm, I'm partially sponsored by Cow RC, and even if I wasn't, I would still buy their products because they're great products. I mean, you, you kind of have to look at it that way. I was using them long before I ever was seeking a sponsorship. Um, and really, I don't think I'd want maybe one or two other companies I would consider, but I like being free with the products I'm using. Yeah, I run primarily Team Losi stuff, and yeah, I run primarily J Concepts, but I like to use some ProLine, or I like I had an associated car. I mean, I don't want to be tied down to one company because I like trying different things to see what I like. Um, I really think the thing that's hurting the local hobby shops, the worst, I mean, I think sponsorships is hurting them. But I also think that the online hobby shops hurt them as much as sponsorships do. I mean, that was part of what killed our local hobby shop was everybody was going to Aimate or Tower or whatever and getting their stuff just due to convenience. They didn't have to drive there. They could just order it online, which 
right, wrong, and different. I don't, I don't know what the solution to that is, but I guess that's just kind of where I, I, I sit out on that. Yep. We know too for a fact that, um, you know, Tower has some heavy discounts that you can get. Oh, it gets ridiculous. More, the more that you spend, and you know, the hobby shop that we deal with uh, in in Saint Ignace, Michigan, uh, at Casey Hobbies, he gets very frustrated because he can't offer those discounts because with the discounts, they're somehow selling it for less than what he could bring it into the store for. So he would have to sell it at a loss to get you this, get us the same product that we could order from them online through his store. So he's like, how is that even remotely fair to me? As a, as a, and, and he's affiliated with them. You know, it's like, it just, it, you know, that's kind of something from the back end that if you don't know somebody that has a hobby shop or that's kind of, you know, we, we, we get told this because of the frustration of it, you know, and, and we understand it. So we've been trying to, you know, suck it up a little bit and say okay yeah you know it's an extra 30 bucks for him but as was said earlier you know he's trying to put food on the table uh you know and if he closes down that's one track gone for us you know so is it worth the extra little bit of money every time you buy parts absolutely because like i said at the end of the day he'll be gone <laughs> you know so yep 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 so i guess uh my turn to draw the name out of the hat eh matt uh, let's go with Aaron. What are your thoughts, Aaron? Well, I lost my train of thought too. Um, not, you know, cookies, the dis the discounts really sell. I mean, a lot of people are on budgets, and the discounts for Tower, like it's it's amazing. You know, I met a, a guy last year that's partially sponsored or newly sponsored racer for a big name uh, in eight scale. And I broke apart. I did something stupid. Backed around into a pole. Basically broke a shock mount on my Mugen. And uh, I'm like, hey, man, would you happen to have this? And he says, yeah. So he goes out, grabs a big box out of his van. And even though this guy has a chassis sponsor, he still gave me a, po a box full of parts that came from an eBay chop house. So it makes me wonder. I mean, in some ways, it's nice to be a dedicated customer because I fall into that category. I've got a little sponsorship myself or paid, uh, I don't know, an advertiser. I don't, I don't even really know how to explain it. But basically, I fall into the category of dedicated customer. And I'm fine with that because it's nice to have some savings. Like, if chances are, like, as far as the Midwest a lot of the shops don't cater to the racer. So they're not really going to get my business anyway. And they could get it, but it takes a week longer. And then, you know, the, then it actually costs more money to get it through them. And when you're trying to, to compete with faster racers or try to be faster yourself, you know, sometimes you have to cut corners in costs and, you know, what you spend. So I don't really mind being kind of an industry... I don't know. I hate to say the W word, but I might. Um, chances are they'll get the part from somewhere anyway. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It just uh, the sponsorship thing. You know, it's he's great. I think if anything, it keeps more people Facebook. into the hobby longer. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Keeps people around. 
What'd you say there, Tim? It does hurt the. Oh. I said I said he's he's message he's rambling because he's messaging me and he's commenting on photos on my Facebook page. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tim, that was so like an hour ago. Come on, yeah. right now. What's the going lag. on? <laughs> but I I enjoy racing and you know I want to get better and you know I guess I belong to the fake it till you make it group and. I'll never be top level. I mean, I'm, I do decent in a local club, but any time I go to a bigger track, it's like I got to pull out all the stops because I, I don't get to travel as much as what I'd like to. So, you know, I do support companies like uh, one of the major electronics manufacturers offers a military discount for prior service and current enlisted. You know, so I, I try to talk about their products and use them exclusively as much as I can, you know, and it, it's those little discounts that add up that will keep me a customer. If yep. that makes any sense. No, it does. And, I, and, I, and I'm sure that in, in the marketing and in, in the price, it's all accounted for right all around. I mean, these companies got people that know how to make money and how to market and, and whatnot, right? So I think there's always room for that discount, but it's just at, at what level, right? And, and where does it stop, I guess, is the real question. It's mm, yeah. uh, there's so many small manufacturers now that that are trying to get their name out there. I mean, it's almost foolish for somebody to pay retail all the time. Like, yep. In some ways, like like just because of the, the prior service military deal, I was able to to save a little bit of money. To me, that was a win. That was huge, and it, it made me feel guilt or made me feel good about actually getting something out of the hobby, which I put. I feel like I put a lot into and gotten a lot out of. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's ask Rhonda what her opinion is on this wonderful subject. I don't think everybody needs to be sponsored because <laughs> not everybody is a great representative. Um, you know, things were a lot simpler when it was just, um, you know, low C and associated days. You know, you didn't have all the other manufacturers that were trying to get their name out. And nowadays you have that and they're trying to get their name out. So they'll sponsor everybody. So then everybody, all the other manufacturers had to get aggressive as well because they wanted to keep that customer. And like you guys were talking earlier, loyal customer. Well, a lot of them are not loyal. They're just looking for the best discount and they switch teams every week. So... It just hurts everything. It hurts the hobby shops, but online also, you know, hurts the local hobby shops. And, um, you know, without hobby shops, there's no tracks, you know. I mean, because you can't just have a track with just racing alone, you know, unless you have, like, little to no rent, which is, you know, almost impossible nowadays. So I think overall it just hurts everything. I mean, Walmart doesn't sponsor me, you know, for my household goods, so <laughs> why should everybody be sponsored? I think, you know, the top guys, of course, should be sponsored, you know. And I think where we went wrong with the sponsorship, we should have did maybe like a driver appreciation discount or something like that. Um, but, I mean, how can you be in novice and then, you know, be sponsored? But I come from the old school days, you know, it was a very prestigious thing to be sponsored and then... You have nowadays everybody's sponsored and everybody has that, not everybody, I can't say everybody, but most people have that sense of entitlement and which in turn now too also there's a lot of cutthroat racing. I mean, I could go on and on and on about this. It's just, I just think 
there's good representative representatives for the company, and then there's some people that you know should just be the hobbyist. So that's my take on it. Very good, awesome, Brad. Uh, how about yourself? Yes, sir. But, but I guess I, I guess if you don't mind, like, say thanks to all my sponsors. One of them would be a Don Bonanza Racing Skins. They provide me with a great foam tire. Uh, FGM Grip, which is a, I use their rug lock for my foam tires. I've been using it for quite a while before I pursued them. Uh, one Another one that kind of asked me out uh, was a Walden Design. They provide me a pretty good paint. Uh, Dudley Hobbies is which where I get my all my electronics from. They kind of run the abysmal ESCs and dual sky motors and Kaya servos. Pretty good product, so I, I don't mind. I don't mind you know using them and putting their name on my shirt, helping them out because they help me out. Stuff like that. Perfect. Right so on. I guess that's probably all I can think of there. 
right. Thanks, uh, Brad. Thank you very much, Brad, and thank you for going. Now, the question that I have for everybody before I move on to, to ask my next person, do I leave it all in and then, <laughs> or do I edit out where we couldn't hear them and just cut to the other one? Oh, no, you leave it. It's edit. hilarious. Edit. Edit, really? You don't find the, hu- the humor? All right. No, you should edit. leave it in and add like a tuning radio to it a little bit. In the background <laughs> there you go. That'd be perfect. I bet you I can do that. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going to move on then. And Tim, what do you got on this one? Well, I mean, it's all kind of already been said. Um, the main focus of, of the sponsorship thing, I would I would assume everyone's speaking of, is really an off-road because you don't see it as much anywhere else. Um, the good thing is that off-road is not the dominant thing in RC. So there's lots of money out there to be made by hobby stores. And one thing is uh, John Schultz and I had this talk just the other day was he was talking with a, a local hobby store to him and he was or a track and hobby store. And he was pushing the point that you have to the hobby stores have to focus on what the people around them in their general area are actually doing. Not so much just the racers that come to that track, because there's a whole nother segment, a larger segment, actually that is out there doing stuff that will buy from you. But if you're not, you know, if you if you have an off-road track and all you carry is off-road parts, you know, the 80% of the people in your area that do other stuff have no reason to go there ever. So, you know, a lot of it is just education of what's going on. I mean, I, I agree there's a lot of sponsors. There was It was never like this uh, up until probably eight, nine years ago. But, you know, it, it makes sense. If, if I have a company and I'm trying to compete, I can go and get a bunch of local guys and and knock a you know twenty five percent off, and I'm still making an extra twenty that I would pull over a hobby store, and uh, I've got customers. This is probably the same customers I would have had through the hobby store. I'm just picking up fifteen twenty percent more profit off of them. So, it's just again, it's just a matter of money. Um, can't fix it now; it's too late. So, <laughs> just move forward, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and you come from, like you said, Tim, from a, a different area of RC, so it's always nice to kind of hear that, that other side, right? Someone that's more involved in everything but the racing side of it, right? So, not that yeah, I mean, racing there's, is there's a lot of sponsorship. Racing. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of sponsorship you see, you know, in the scaling stuff, you want to call it sponsorship, just um, for lack of a better word. It's the same kind of thing, but... You know, it's it's just the nature of the beast. It's just like the stock thing. You're always going to have people that that want to have a shirt with a bunch of, of names stuck all over it because it's kind of uh, some instant respect in their mind. And so it's the same thing as, you know, having a car that has all the best pieces on it. And, you know, you can sit at the track and show it off and then make up reasons why you didn't win. It's, you know, it's just... It's just, you're always going to have that element. And so, yep. I mean, if you focus on that element and it becomes the main main part of what you're doing then that's a problem but it's it's always going to be there i think you know you're always gonna yep. you always have meteors as i call them people that come onto the scene and they're bright and shiny and they're all over everything and everybody's paying attention to them and then poof they're gone you always have that yes sir for sure i didn't well, think of that know? in that way Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. That's like, like I said, it's always good to have that that other side, you know, of of the story, and I love hearing it. Oh, Aaron wants to pipe in. What's up, Aaron? Just, uh, I guess, for anybody listening, 
I, uh, just to, just something to keep in mind, I guess, for the guys that should probably not be sponsored because they can't keep their mouth shut. Um, when you're at the track, what I what happened to me a long time ago. Someone just went scuba diving. <laughs> no, I think they're doing that new Darth Vader online training course. Uh, I don't even oh, know what number that is. Talk like Darth Vader in one day. You too could talk like the evil. Oh, Silliness. that's Jim. <laughs> oh, no, it's Cole. Oh, okay. He fell asleep. Is that guy sleeping? <laughs> Sir, are you sleeping? <laughs> Damn, I know I'm boring, but shit. This is the best thing. Jim, did Cole fall asleep over there? Hey, man, you got a new show. 920. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like he fell sounds asleep. Like trying to start something. He has to be asleep. He's sleeping. Uh, Is that Tim? <laughs> No, it's not me. Surely it's not Rhonda. <laughs> not me. <laughs> no, it's top left corner on my side over here. A 920 area code. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, no, it's 417. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who is that, Mike? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is good. I mean, I have like five cups of coffee all filled right here. You know, I'm just like going to the next one. Actually, I think this is the first like You guys, Mike, hey, Brad, guess are you still asleep? there? He said he's muted. I messaged him. That sounds like that's a not something guy. you can fake either. You'd like you'd be no, cracking that's... up by. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, that poor guy's wife. Man. <laughs> okay, I'm going to just hang up on him. I was going to say, see, for, for us on this end, I can make it all stop just by clicking on that button, but then we can't hear any of them. Uh, it's hilarious. Hey, you have to clip that Make in somewhere, stop. man. You ha- with this guy's picture and like a... <laughs> oh, my. Okay, I hung up on him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's great. Was that Bubba? No, it was Brad. Yeah, it must have been. He said he was going through a really bad area not to call on him for anything. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Aaron. I, I'm sorry about that. Oh, he's Go not ahead. sleeping? No. That was definitely cellular phone problems. Yeah, it was his cell phone oh, cutting like, out. I thought somebody was sleeping, man. <laughs> All right, Aaron had something. Oh, but anyway, you know, for the guys that really shouldn't be sponsored, and I'm probably one of them, you know, I, I try to talk about products in a good way and a lot of, lot of da-da-da, whatever. But, uh... I guess one thing, like, if you're at the track and you're one of the 40% guys or the 50% guys, just keep your mouth shut on how much you, on how much you save on product because that puts a bad spin on things as far as for the butt racers on a budget. Yeah, it's kind of like a slap in the face, right? <laughs> it is, it, it, and an insult. Like, I had one of the one uh, racing day ruined here a while back because of that. The guy just wouldn't shut up about how much money he could save. But anyway, just throwing that out there. That's my soapbox. No, that's cool. What about Please you, Gino? What do you What do you think about this whole situation? 
Yo, me? Are you yeah, talking Gino. to me? Yes, I am talking to you. Oh, Roger that, Roger that. All right, yeah, no, I got a lot of stuff to say, actually, man. Because, uh, like, you guys, you know, I have a show, so it's a little different, you know? Like, I don't get deals or anything like that. I had, Just like you guys, I had to pay for everything. And then sometimes, you know, like, the big giant corporations will send you a box of goodies sometimes. But uh, it's hard because, you know, I get stuff, but it's because people are watching, I have I have to be 100%. So if they send me, I don't care what it is they send me. If it sucks, it sucks. I'm going to say it sucks. It's that simple. You know what I mean? Um, it does Does the big sponsors, you know, hurt, you know, the you know the small mom and pops? Of course. But, I mean, just like Tim was saying, I mean, that's the name of the, the game, Nature of the Beast. I mean, uh, money talks. So we can't really bag the bigger companies, I don't think, for – doing what they do and that's make money right so i mean do you guys agree with that mike a little bit yeah no I, absolutely we don't have to agree with it it's just your opinion oh yeah i just wondering what you guys <laughs> thought on that but yeah so it's just really it, i don't think it it does hurt like the mom pops and stuff and uh uh aaron's right there too where he talked about you know guys you know oh i got this sponsor like go talk to a guy oh, i'm sponsored like I, I don't need that like as the opener bro like you know what i mean like um if I meet somebody who knows Kung Fu, they don't need to like, do a backflip and kick the air and be like, hey, what's up? I know karate. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. So I'm just like, okay, man. So right off the bag, like, right off the bat, like my, my douchebag light comes on. You know what I mean? So I don't even really want to talk to that guy again, to be honest. And uh, I like the small mom and pop guys, uh, you know, like Gone Bananas Racing, Cheater Racing, Hobby Baggers. Those guys are out in the field. I see them all the time around here, you know talking to new guys, handing them free stuff, trying to help them. You know, uh, Kyle Layton's, uh, you know, the, the guy just won nationals. He, uh, he's a cheater racer, and, you know, he's always telling the young kids, oh, here, drive my car. You know what I mean? He hands him his V6. Here you go, take it for a spin. I don't care. You know what I mean? It's cool. Like, it's neat to see that. So I think, uh, and like Ron was saying, Ron was saying it's about the, uh, you got to be a good ambassador. So, you know, if a company does approach me or say, hey, you know, will you, you try this stuff or you you know put on your website or well first of all i don't want nothing for free second just send me a link and i'll buy it and two if it's no good i'm not gonna i don't want it i mean if it's usable and i can use it cool i will but i'm not just gonna take a sponsor because some company wants to give me uh, some cool blinky light system for my rc car you know what i mean like i don't want that like yep i want to support companies that i see support the community you know what i mean I want to support the drivers and forward on videos I make to, you know, if a guy's driving good for x-ray, I'll make sure x-ray gets that video of that guy driving. You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. it's because he's, I think he's earned that. And that's the people I give camera time to, the people I think really care about the community and trying to make the community better. And there's a lot of sponsors out there. But, yeah, they're the big guys will just throw whatever they can. You know what I mean? And that's... That's, I guess that's their right in some aspects to try to do what they do, and that's to make money. And and that money also brings more research for better stuff for us, I think, too, sometimes. so. But, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, where I stand on the issue on that question. Awesome. Thanks, Gino. Right on. Okay, so last up on my list, and never to be forgotten, Mr. Chris Vieira. What do you got, buddy? Still talking about sponsorship? Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. All right. Well, no, I agree with what pretty much everybody's saying here. Uh, Rhonda hit it on the on the head. You know, when I used to go to the track, when I started racing a long time ago, I'm not going to say how many hundreds of years ago, but um, you would see someone sponsored, and it was sponsored for a reason. It was because they were really good, 
and they were promoting the products. And most of all, they were providing feedback back to the manufacturers to make the products better. So nowadays, like everybody has said, you see all the walking billboards when you walk to the track. And it's from novice to pro. Everybody's got a shirt on with 150 sponsors on it. And it's like, okay, it's kind of getting out of hand. You know, you can't go somewhere without someone wearing some kind of product representation. And, and like you say, talking about what they have and what they got. And it's, it's, there's no end to it. I mean, manufacturers giving deals to guys, making guaranteed customers, you know, and drivers thinking they can contact sponsors and, and get sponsored just because they contacted you. It, it You know, where does it stop? Where's, there, where's like an etiquette book that says, hey, this is what you're supposed to do or this is how it should be done, you know? That's that's how I feel about it. Yep. No, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Um, I got one more little thing real quick, if you don't mind. Is that all right? Yeah, sure, Gino. Um, I know, like, back in the 90s, it was hard. Like, if you wanted to get a sponsor, like, you had to, like, be fast. And back then, the cars were really slow. So, like, it was really a lot of based on more skill than a fast car now. You know what I mean? Because, like, when I went to the track, you know, when I first started back into it, you know, I had to spend, like, $2,500. I'm not joking. And that's just to keep up. Do you see what I'm saying? So... That's why when I see a guy doesn't have anything or he's just trying to get into it and stuff, I'm more than willing to, like, look in my bag. If I got some extra something, I'm going to give it to him, man. You know, if I have some extra tires, I'm going to help him out because that's going to keep him coming back, and that's what we need. You know what I mean? We don't need guys that say, you know, hey, check us out. I got 714 different logos on my shirt. Isn't that pretty? It's not about <laughs> that. It's about helping each other and, and progress in this, this sport. And, it's, you know, yeah, there's a hobby side to it, but I look at it as a sport. That's how I look at it. You know what I mean? You know, there's there's time for hobby, and that's in my front yard. But when I step inside the track, it's a whole different thing. It's a whole different respect level. And then just and you're right, man, about the etiquette. There has to be an etiquette, and there's not. You know, people think that you know you can just oh, I won a couple podiums at my local track, and you should send me a box of free stuff. You know, I'm entitled to that. No, you're not, man. There's dudes that've been racing for 25 years and just barely got their first sponsor, and that guy had more respect if he only you know because he earned that. He wouldn't just hand it to him just for a discount, you know. That's that's all I wanted to add, man. No, awesome. I'm gonna get uh, B Rad back in here right B now. B Rad. So it's just welcome back, B Rad. <laughs> if you choose, holy uh, world's longest ring. <laughs> I was gonna say that. I mean, is the ring always gonna stay the same as 2016? Can they change it? There we go, Brad. Ding. All right. Well, that's. Uh, everybody's input on that question, and uh, guess what, guys? We've almost survived it. I can't believe we're making it through all Yay. four. It's awesome. Thanks for so, sticking with us. The, yeah, absolutely. We want to just jump in, Matt, or uh, what? With Let's what? Just keep going. The question. I'll go. Well, yeah, might as well. Okay, so our last question is Flying Cars the Movie. Uh, the question was listed as a simple yes or no and why. And the other thing I'm going to add on to this is uh, if uh, there's someone that you would like to ask a question, uh, or address them or something like that. Kind of do it after you kind of answer the question. Uh, we'll go through the list again. So just as we go, if you want to ask somebody a question, just uh, go ahead. Let's just try not to uh, have nine people talking all at once. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll start with, uh, who should we start with? Start with Aaron. Flying cars. <laughs> yeah, the movie. <laughs> I like the idea. I really do. I, know, I, I listened to TSR last week when uh, Tim went over it, and I really got to agree with what, what he says. I'm not going to disagree, I guess. But um, 
anything to me that promotes the hobby, and I, I get it, it's so far-fetched, you know, but I'm sure there was a budget involved. And anytime you, if you actually went to a racetrack and, and designed the cult around normal racers, it probably would have became the scope of it would have just gotten too big to handle, basically, I, I think. But I don't know, anything to shine light on the hobby in some way, shape, or form. Yes, it's cheesy. Hopefully there's, sorry, Rhonda. Hopefully there's some boobs in it. I mean, you know, but <laughs> that's my only hope. I like love how he prefaced it by saying, sorry, like Rhonda, it. I hope there's boobs in it. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, but I think it's good. You know, it might be some cheesy after school special that, you know, some 13 year old kid's going to see. And well, hopefully it doesn't have boobs in it at that point. And, uh, you know, they might get curious and go to that local hobby shop and save their lawn mowing money for a Traxxas Slash. And, you know, it's a vicious cycle round and round. Awesome. But, uh, guys, I'm going to bow out now. Thanks again for letting me uh, be part of this. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. Yes, um, awesome. No questions, Aaron. concerns, or gripes, or complaints, or anything. Perfect. But Thanks, Aaron. You guys, you guys are awesome. Keep it up. Tim Smith, love your show, too. Um, Gino, I'm going to be checking out a lot of what you got going on too, because I just did find your channel the other day and, uh, I'm always looking for new stuff, but, um, cheers guys. Enjoy your Sunday. Appreciate and, it, man. Uh, Appreciate it. Thanks. And, uh, enjoy. Take care, Aaron. Later, man. Bye. See ya. Ciao. Awesome. Awesome. Matt, uh, go ahead and draw from your pool. Draw from my pool. So just do the random thing I've been doing the whole time. Yeah. That's cool. what I've been doing too. Right on. Are you guys using a top hat? A top hat? I don't <laughs> know what you're drawing it out of. You know, you use a cup, a Tupperware container. No, I just look at the list, and then I go, mmm, Rhonda. Okay, Roger. <laughs> that works. I'm up? Yep. Oh. <laughs> Flying Cars the movie. Yes or no, and why? Um, uh, no, <laughs> but but let me, let me explain. I, uh... You know, I I agree with uh, what someone said earlier. You know, you you want to promote our hobby, you want to get it out there and all that. But I think that maybe more of a reality show of you know, like in the pits and what everybody thinks about each other. You know, and um, people want the 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 dirt. You know, the mm-hmm. the excitement of it. You know, like. Um, um, the drama, like, like shoegazing. Yeah, the, the drama. Yeah, well, let me like so. Sit cross was uh, this past weekend, and um, Adam kind of, you know, Adam and Ryan let's are friends, um, but Adam kind of got blown off the track from from Ryan, and so Adam mm-hmm. hopped the pipe, put himself right back in the position because nobody calls the right, you know, nobody calls traffic anymore, and so you know stuff like that's exciting and then like say if you went back to the pits and they got into an argument that's what people want to kind of see <laughs> but but the flying cars just to me was kind of like a napoleon dynamite take on the industry you know <laughs> um so it's just a little you know i i mean it, it you know what audience were they going for you know um and I understand we're in it and, you know, we, you know, have our own views on the industry and stuff like that. But, uh, I would, I think people, you know, like you watch motocross stuff and they have, you know, all these like little documentaries and, you know, they single out a couple of writers, you know, and I think we need something like that in our industry, you know, to get pitched to, um, you know, like a, 
a mainstream, you know, cable company or or whatever. I've done, we've done several pilots and nothing's ever come of it, you know. But um, the I was there for some of the filming of the uh, Flying Cars movie, and uh, I just watched them half the day just jump a jump. <laughs> so, oh, and then they were like, we need the crowd to come over and, like, cheer it on. And, and everybody's like, woo, you know, and it was just kind of funny to watch. But I guess, you know, anything that, that gets people interested in the industry, but I'm not, I haven't seen, I only saw a little bit of a clip of that. Um, and uh, it was it was different. <laughs> So I guess that's my take on it. You know why none of those pilots got picked up there, Rhonda? Because because why is that? <laughs> because you weren't gluing people's shoes to the floor. Well, you know <laughs> that would have been a good part of it too. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. When, when, when I seen yeah. Mike post that that like hit that status, I think I almost <laughs> fell off of the chair I was sitting on, laughing so hysterically. <laughs> there you know underneath the table kind of gluing his shoe and he's talking to somebody and then i totally forgot about i did it and then he went to get up and he's like ronda (laughs) (laughs) so it was pretty funny Uh. but then i felt that i didn't i didn't expect for it to rip a hole in his shoe but um (laughs) yeah it was it was great (laughs) i I had to have adam buy him dinner though because i felt bad about it I think you, by the look of his shoes, you did him a favor. It was about time you replaced those things. <laughs> well, Kenny Johnson runs over. He's all, those aren't even real Nikes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Got those Nikes on fadeaway.com. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right on, right on. Okay, who do you got, Mike? Um, Let's see what, uh, let's go over to Jim. Let's see what Jim has to say. I guess when it comes to a flying cars movie, I don't know much about it. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't do your research, Jim. (laughs) Yeah, that's my weakness. Pro tip number 1,417, I think we put in the messenger was to print it out. (laughs) But uh, Uh, going going back to the sponsorship thing a little bit. Sure. We're cold. We're cold. Our discount is pretty good. But the amount of money that we end up spending on traveling totally makes up for that. <laughs> right. Which, and that's kind of, you know, when we've talked with other people about sponsorships, that's usually kind of what you hear is they're like, yeah, we discount the product to make up for the fact that you're traveling across, you know, the U.S. or, or and everything else that comes along with that. And, and that does make sense to me, but it's the guys that don't ever leave their home track, right? Like, why do they need that? You know, it, it just mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't make sense you figured it out mike i think you figured it out we need to get sponsored by like holiday Inn express or or something like that or, or shell or shell or gas yeah like hey you guys you guys let me sleep here i'll come set up a ramp out front we'll jump for a couple hours or or or, 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 or porter airlines or jet blue or something like that that'd be way better jump a plane man in a commercial there you go yeah what about you cole have you uh did you hear much about the flying cars movie no, I have actually never watched that video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cole was scrolling the internet and went, yep, not even looking at that. Do, 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 do. No, I, no. That's okay. It's, I'm not even on my phone that much. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, let's go and see what, well, we already know what Tim's feeling in it. But anyway, Tim, how do you feel about it? Yes or no and why? 
Um, okay, well, for those of you that don't know what this is about, let me refresh your memory a little bit. <laughs> Flying Cars is a story about Drew, a frustrated filmmaker stuck at an office job who becomes obsessed with radio-controlled RC cars. Behind his fiance Sadie's back, Drew discovers a cult RC car racing community in the San Fernando Valley. Can I mention that that's like the home of... Yeah. And meets a cute racing prodigy on the track, Rachel, who agrees to help him win a jump contest, of all things. As Drew sneaks out from work and home to meet up with Rachel, they discover that their matched passions aren't just for RC cars, but for each other. With his wedding fast approaching, uh-oh, Drew's life unravels as his lies and jumps get bigger and bigger. Okay, so the first time I read this, I thought, there's absolutely no way on God's green earth I will sit through this. But as, as some of you may know, we had uh, E. Rich on the show last time around, and he convinced me that there could be nothing better than to see this movie because of what it is. And I kind of agree with that, but I, I really do agree with Rhonda. Like, if you're going to make something, I would really rather see something more realistic based around real RC that, that all of us experience, you know, even going as far as, you know, a rivalry between two people. I mean, it, it's been spoken of with me and Nick Case that, that to do something, Discovery Channel came to us, but he wasn't game. Um, I just finished filming a show for Netflix called The White Rabbit Project that's based on kind of the um, Mythbusters analogy. It's got Grant Imahara and Carrie Byron and uh, whatever the other guy's name is, I forget. Uh, and what Tori Balachi, Tori Balachi. I forgot his name last time too. And and so what they did was they took me around and just followed me on this quest to go 200 miles an hour in an RC car. And we went to wind tunnels, we went to places and did runs and all this kind of stuff. And they came to my house. And so that's going to be really. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the edited version of it, obviously. But that's supposedly going to be a very uh, realistic technical side of. Some kind of RC, though it's a niche Take part of RC. Take my money right now for that. Yeah, may, maybe at least it'll get people interested enough in RC to go, hey, I mean, this guy's going real fast, but maybe, you know, you can do stuff that's not that fast. Um, so, you know, it, it was a great opportunity. The show will be out uh, December 9th, I believe, is when Netflix un unloads the series. And so, you know, things like that, I agree, are super awesome. Movies like this. I don't know so much. I mean, at least when you're in RC, it feels uh, a little bit insulting to see something, you know, to read that this is this is someone's take on it. But after spending a bunch of time, and I'm sure Ronnie can attest to this with some people from Hollywood doing this type of filming, if you're not in this world, you have no idea about it. And and, and this storyline of, you know, this guy going to jump contests of all things, um, it makes sense to them. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, the public will love this. I mean, I don't know if they will, but... You know, so I will go see it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should all go and do a live feed from it. <laughs> Watch it together. Like we'll get yeah, a big, the, big viewing, and we'll all go. But got the RC I mean, server ready to go. Yeah, it's RC. How do you not? How do you not go and see it? Even if, even if you walk out sad, I have to go. So <laughs> hey, it's like World of Warcraft. Make it. They're gonna spend the money, man. Yeah, I have no choice. I have to. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Tim. Sure. Uh, Dre, what do you think? I watched the clip, and I just <laughs> sat back and thought, really? 
this is the best we can do. Um, but like Tim said, that's Hollywood. That's they're thinking it's going to be great. Hopefully, it doesn't totally flop, but it's just so unrealistic to all of us that are in the hobby. Um, I don't know if you saw that documentary. I don't know how many years old it is now, but Carpet Racers. I mean, that was a decent, it wasn't, didn't ever go mainstream, but it was a decent documentary about the hobby. I mean, it circled around, uh, what's that race? Snowbird Nationals. It's, it's kind of went around that, and I'm not a big auto road guy or oval guy at all, but it, it was interesting to see. So I don't, I hope it does well. I hope it brings people to the hobby, but I, I don't know. The, <laughs> the storyline story seems really thin to me. And I'm a huge movie lover. I just this is gonna bomb from day one. This was my feeling on it, so we'll see. But the other the other part about it, I, I kind of laughed. So you want to bring people to the hobby. So guy A and his wife are gonna go watch this movie. He, oh, I want to get an RC. And first thing you should think, well, you're gonna meet some chick at the track, and you're gonna start cheating on me. And <laughs> which which we which we all know. Oh my lord. Other 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 than a, other than a few exceptions. No offense, Rhonda, but there are not a lot of quote-unquote track hotties. And honestly, a lot, of, a lot of us are banking on it. So these 12- and 13-year-old, 15-year-old kids, like, Cole, you guys need to go find women. And then, oh, RC's boring. I want to chase girls. Great, we can start winning again because all the young kids are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think uh, I think Drew or Dre has given us our new RC word of the week, Tim. And what word's that, Matt? Track hottie. <laughs> <laughs> There's already word for that, but it's, I think it's called pit lizard. Hey, Mister, oh, you should have a nice RC and car. Last time I last time I checked. Oh, the 29 years. Uh, I don't remember seeing very many of those, so. Oof. Oh, no. There's not too many. It's. No. No. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Chris, Thanks, what do you have to say? Are we still talking about ketchup chips? No. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. And I can't wait till 4 o'clock. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, I'm getting this dragster at 4 o'clock and I can't wait. Let's just talk about dragsters at 4 o'clock. My neighbor is just going to love me today. I'm like, check this out. I'm going to be using the street. So, uh, yeah. Easy, Gino. Settle down. Go ahead, Chris. So to have, you know, when you go to the movies, you go to the movies because you want to see something that has drama or action or a love story. You know, that's not. I don't plan on going to the movie theater to watch a movie about RC cars. It's not on my my radar. I don't think. And to have it portrayed as as it is in that that movie that is is out is not something that's going to be beneficial to the hobby at all. Like you said, with the uh, the so called track hottie thing, although <laughs> it's not really a thing. But uh, um, yeah, it's. it's I've, I've, I race go-karts as well, and we had a documentary done on our go-kart stuff, and it was really, really, really done well, but it never made it to the movie theaters and stuff like that. It was like right to DVD. So, like I said, if you go to the movies, you want to go see action or adventure or a love story, not not toy cars. And 
you know, that's 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 it. Like, go to the RC track, you go there to race and hang out with your friends. I know Rhonda goes to the track because she likes to race, and she doesn't go to the track looking for hot guys because she has Adam, of course. But you know, it's not like something you do. <laughs> you you don't just show up at the track looking around like, hey, you know, there's Rhonda. She's super cute. You know, she's she's a girl, and then you're gonna go start, you know, hitting on her and everything. But you go to the track because you're there because you have a passion for racing RC cars. That's it. Regardless, male or female, not to uh, meet a track hottie and leave your fiance to your wedding. But you know that, like they did the Fast and Furious like movies, and I mean that was real car racing, and it has some cheesy parts to it, but at least it has some substance to it. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <clears throat> but uh, cars, I don't know that you could get the system out of it, so. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry about the pause there. We're not sure if somebody's going to go back or not uh, to respond. All right, Chris, thank you for that. Sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. Gino, uh, what do you think, man? Oh, man. All right. He's just worried about 4 o'clock. No, I'm not even worried about it no more. We're on the, the flying cars in a theater near you soon. Flying cars. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I never been to like a mass jumping competition before. I've never really seen one, so I don't really know what that is. I know that the guy has uh, temper issues in the movie because I see him like kick down like Jackie Chan ramps in half. I know he does that a couple times. Um, I know that I think that Team Associated might have something to do with it. You know what I mean? Because like she said, they're jumping the car for like 15 hours a day. So those parts aren't cheap, you know what I mean? And if you find all the links about the movie, it's always linking you to Team Associated at some point in the story. So I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm a big fan of it. I watched the uh, the review of it about three or four times just because I kept laughing so much. And um, I listened to Tim's show on TSR, uh, so I heard his, his take on it there, and you know I totally agree with what he said. I just don't know, man. Like, I want to see it because, you know, it's RC cars. I don't think it should have had all the lovey stuff in it, really, because, like, we don't really, like most of the people said so far, we don't really, like, I don't know, we don't really experience that kind of drama at the track. And, like, once you walk in the door, like, you don't have any drama. Like, that's the point, right? So, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just weird. I think it's going to be a weird movie. And uh, I think the only company really, truly that captures what everyone does to the fullest is 5150 productions period hands down i think they're the they they should have went to those guys and said okay we're from hollywood we watched some videos on youtube of these guys jumping rc cars and breaking everything and it's cool that you guys do that and that's what we're going to make the movie about and we're going to throw in like a whole divorce thing and all this stuff and spouse i just weird stuff man like i don't get it and 5150 Productions, I think, would have set him straight and did, like, a better job, really, because I don't know, man. It's going to flop. All right, that's all I got to say on it. Awesome. Thanks, Gino. All right. How about yeah, Mark? No um, I don't think there's, you know, like, where are you going to find a love story in RC? Sorry, aside from Rhonda? Okay, but <laughs> no. That, it's like... <laughs> Most of RC is getting away from our wives. Not most of it, but I mean, it's a good time away, like alone time. But no, it's just, it's too unrealistic. I think it's going to be one of those movies like Sharknado. It might have a cult following, but it's not going to be any good. I don't think it's going to be any good. I mean, 
I just I can't. It's just so far fetched. Like I watched the trailer this morning before before we all linked up, and it just it blew me away. I was like, how how does this work? Like how how do you meet the love of your life at the RC track? Like no, it doesn't happen. It may be one in a billion, but no, it doesn't happen. You know, it's just it's just so far fetched. Like like the other guys were saying, maybe a documentary about it, like uh, the one about the snowboard the snowbirds race. I've seen that. That was good. But hell, even a mockumentary like they do with uh, the show, The Office. Right. Even something like that might be funny, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. But no, I, I, this this movie's just. I don't know. <laughs> I can't say anything without just like raging and swearing. It's just it's like really like it just doesn't happen. Like no, like how is this even possible? So, but a jump contest would be pretty cool, you know. Oh yeah, like of course. Hour, but I mean, like it, it's only good for like twenty minutes, right? No, yeah, if you got a platinum card hours. and it's unlimited, and you're not married, and your sofa's not comfortable. <laughs> you know? You know how much it would cost to do that, though? Because, man, really. Like, yeah, and you don't think his fiance would find out, oh, the money from our wedding account's getting drained. Where, where are all these, where is all this money going to? And he's got, like, receipts for parts. <laughs> like, it kind of portrays us like we're just kind of dumb or something, I think. So it's a little disrespectful. Yeah. Man. That's how I think. Yeah. I'd like to know where did the idea of the jump, con- like, of all things. Like that, A jump contest. There is no, I mean, did they try <laughs> something? There's no organized version of it in real rc like yep it's almost like it's it's opposite world rc it's everything that rc isn't with rc there was a it's short like, uh, it's like having short, an actual race would be too complicated to the plot you know what i mean they, yeah. they had like a that short clip of him set his car on the track run back up and he went off right away and next thing you see it's it's big air jumps is like nobody does that no yeah <laughs> Well, I guess maybe that's the point then, right? Like to say, okay, look at all these new jump. Or I don't know. It's just like I said, you're right. It doesn't hit it. it doesn't hit it right. So it makes it unsettling to us all because of it, maybe. Yeah. What What do you think, there, Brad? Brad's uh, last but not least here to kind of put his input in. If he unmutes us. There we go. No, as far as the but I think I would kind of rather see like you know, kind of like a live deal. You know, more of a, a real-life deal scenario, kind of like what Rhonda, how Rhonda put it. You know, I think that'd be a little more enjoyable than seeing something kind of from what I've been hearing as far as that other movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I know when I, you know, watch, you know, like motocross racing and stuff, I kind of like enjoying watching, you know, what goes on in the pits and being behind-the-scenes stuff. Yep, no, absolutely. For sure. Well, I am beside myself because we actually made it through all four questions in a lot less time than I thought it would take. Yeah. Actually, I didn't think we were going to get to all four. Neither did I. Don't get me wrong. We've been on the. We, it, it's it's been a stretch, that's for sure. But yeah. I, I think we've managed to accomplish it. So I definitely want to say thank you to everybody today for taking yeah. the time well, out of your days to join us and do this. What Matt? Why don't we uh, go through the list here? Let everybody. Uh, Thank their sponsors and whatever the whatever else they want to say, uh, and uh, then we'll wrap it up. Sure, go ahead. You want you uh, want to go back and forth, or you just want me to go through the list? Just go through the whole list. I know you've got it all right in front of you. I already closed it by accident. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we'll start with uh, Jim and Cole. We'll let you guys uh, 
thank anybody. <laughs> and uh, if there's any input that you want to put in before you guys go, I'm sure you're busy and uh, want to get working on that car. So we'll let you guys go first. Good. All right. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for doing this. It was fun and enjoyable, and we hope to do it again. Awesome. And uh, want to just uh, give a shout-out to all your sponsors, Cole? Uh, Hang on. I he's got to go I find could. a body. Team Associate, <laughs> Reedy, J-Concepts, uh, Sanwa, 920 Design, Sure Paints, R17 Racing, uh, RC Scroid Pro, Live RC, MIP. I think that's it. If I forgot any, I'm sorry, but thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, uh, good luck uh, at the world, and uh, we hope to see you guys soon. Are you guys planning on going to the race in Iowa there, the Gone Banana Racing Skins Challenge? Or? I think it's all going to depend on what cash flow looks like when they come back from Worlds. Perfect. Well, we hope to run into you guys. Sounds good. We'll probably be up in Michigan uh, again next year. Perfect. All right, home. All right. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Take bye. care. Yep, bye. Bye. All right. Who do we got next? Uh, next up, uh, let's go with. Uh, uh, what about you, Dre? Let's go with Dre. Uh, want to thank uh, Heath over Tower C for providing some great maintenance products. Um. Give a shout out to Spencer Radio Control Park, my local track. Um, thanks to Matt and Mike for having this roundtable discussion. A lot of fun. Hope to do it again sometime. Um, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, how about you, Mark? Oh, sorry. My mic was on mute. Uh, I'd like to thank Hot Rod Hobbies, Joe and Andrea, my local hobby shop, uh, for giving me the opportunity to represent such a great shop. And uh, there are two tracks. And uh, Richard at Bellgate Distributors for giving me the opportunity to represent some great products um, like Dual Sky and PR Racing. Perfect. Right on. Right on, right on. Uh, Rhonda, yourself? <laughs> um, I don't think everybody for listening to me. Um, uh, I feel I had so much more to say. We could go on and on about topics and stuff, but I want to thank everybody. And, of course, my main sponsor, Mugen, ProLine. I mean, it's a long-ass list. I'm not going to name it all up, but thank everybody who's ever helped me. And thank you guys for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for uh, joining us. Yes, very, very much so. It's always, How about you, Chris? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, no, no it's all good. It's, always, it's okay. just always nice to have, uh, I really hate to say it, but somebody of Rhonda's caliber on the show, because to me, Rhonda's known as, obviously, a pro, right? And it's just, it's kind of nice to have a pro. And I'm not saying nobody else in here is a pro, but you know what I mean. Dude, she's been racing almost as long as we've been alive. Uh, yo, yo, calm oh. down. Did you really just say that, dude? <laughs> like, you might as well just come right out and say, Hey, Rhonda, how old are you, by the way? No. Hey, hey, like, no, no, no. dude. She said it herself. She's been racing for 26 years. Yeah, okay, but you don't yeah, need to point it out the fact. she started racing when she was born. Duh. <laughs> yeah. like, All I'm saying oh, is, is that. I this year, so. What's that, sorry? I'm getting old. No, no, I'm not even trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is, 
on Matt's land of things is that it's just it's awesome to have everybody's like that in this room. You know, even Tim, he's been doing this for twenty some odd years too. Yeah, almost thirty years, as he said earlier. You know, and it, it's just awesome to hear what you guys have to say because there's just so much knowledge and experience that comes with it. And uh, you know, I think it's something that everybody should should listen to and try to take uh, an example from it. So thanks. Uh, how about you, Tim? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Play with your be- uh, your mustache again. Uh, no, I was no. I was rebuilding yeah, a wheelie bar. Out, kid. <laughs> oh, nice. Hold on, I gotta move tools and everything now. Um, hey, so let me thank a few people. First off, I would like to thank all the people for coming on this show because uh, it's actually been really, really cool to hear so many different opinions about really common I don't want to say issues but questions in RC um, and of course MBM Podcast for having me on love you guys you guys are awesome and Thanks, so let's go down the list obviously Max Amps the greatest battery company in the world if you use somebody else's batteries you're a fool talk to me later and I'll explain to you why uh, Dan's RC stuff MKS servos the toys I wish Novak was still around so I could plug them Cow RC and uh, that's about it Awesome. I won't. I won't promote my show on your show. That seems so rude. <laughs> I already no, got my whole not? TV show plug in, so I'm good. <laughs> I'll plug it, bro, so I can follow it and I can get you on my show. Come on. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Somebody uh, wants to waste their time uh, listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Gino? Yeah, I just want to thank you guys for having me on here and everybody out here. I had a good time this morning, and uh, it's pretty early out here in Rio, Nevada. Really early. Um, just kind of hanging out. Appreciate you guys. And uh, give a shout to uh, Teakin Racing, uh, Cheetah Racing, Track Time Hobbies RP, uh, MRC, Banana Skins. Hey, Rick, appreciate you for the, uh, the tires. They're awesome. ProTech A-Main and uh, HobbyBatteries.com. That's about all I got. Awesome. And uh, Brad, last but not least. Hey. Mi- oh, I was going to say you're missing something. Who did I miss? Me. Uh, well, I think uh, Oh, Aaron's still there. I thought Aaron had to go. I did, but I'm still here. Oh, okay. Okay, well, let's go with Brad, and then we'll do Aaron. And All right, well, I'd like to thank uh, NBM Podcast for having me on here. It's been real enjoyable listening to everybody's comments and opinions and whatnot, and hope to have everybody on here and do this again. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I guess I'd like to thank uh, Don Bananas Racing Skins, FTM Grip, Walden Designs, and Dudley Hobbies for Supporting me and helping me out through my long more recent career. Awesome. Right on around. Right on. Perfect. And Aaron? Let's see here. There's Red Solo Cup. <laughs> There's uh, MasterCard. I just have to throw that in. I'm part of the 40 percenter, so I'll brag about my uh, dialed hobbies. Love them. Awesome <laughs> tires. They're great. Um, let's see here. Teakin for their military support. Love it. Um, Dan Reno. Reno's Ragu. If you're on clay, uh, indoor clay, you need to try it out. Awesome stuff for traction compound. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Last but not least, Mr. Chris Vieira. Hey, all right. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for everybody for uh, coming on and, and talking with us about a bunch of stuff and ketchup chips. But uh, I'd like to thank the people that helped me out and let me have fun. DE Racing, High Tech, Trackstar, LRP, Ot6, a.k.a. 
JT Bearing Company, EKD, Imaginate Graphics, and Fuel Off Road Wheels. Right on. That's I it. He, I think he practiced that speech. I think he said no, I had to put my truck right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, as much as I'm trying to be funny when I say, hang on, I got to find a body, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> Most racers look to their body. Look, we had Ty Tessman on how long ago, and that's yeah. the beauty. Hang on, let me grab one yeah, of my bodies. Yeah, let me get my body. He goes, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Um, I don't really know, Matt. What and do you track wanna... our batteries. There we go. <laughs> Forgot one, sorry. MBM Podcast, you guys rock. Thank you. Thanks. So yeah, with that being said, of course, I want to thank everybody very, very much for coming on the show, hanging out with us, and 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 slugging it out with us because this has definitely been a learning curve situation to do a show this large with this many people. Um, I really am interested in looking at maybe doing it with one or two people at a time, um, so we can get in depth into more, uh, you know, maybe one topic more. You know what I mean? Just one topic and kind of spend the whole show just kind of bouncing ideas and see where the conversation leads. Because like everybody knows that's listened to any of our shows, we don't hold a schedule to anything. We kind of just let it flow, which is (sighs) me. It's my brain. It's the way I work. I don't, uh, I'm not very good with, with structure. If you give me structure in front of me, I'll find a way to mess it up horribly. So he's really good at that. Yep. No problem. (laughs) You're welcome. So I would really, uh, I, I think, uh, Rhonda, you seem to have a lot to say, and uh, you're biting your tongue, so we're going to have to set something up with you. And uh... <laughs> Sorry, what was that? She might be having phone problems. I don't but know. But we're going to have to set something up with uh, Rhonda Matt, and I would uh, enjoy having a nice long conversation with her. For sure. Oh. Yeah, I do have to bite my tongue sometimes, but uh, you usually get the truth out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. But like I said, with that being said, I think we're going to wrap up the show. Thank you very much for listening to the NBM Podcast. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, NBM Podcast, Everything RC. We're on our Podbean app uh, as well as Google Play. So just search NBM Podcast, Everything RC. On Podbean, it's NBM Podcast, nbmpodcast.podbean.com. And, of course, thanks to Rick at Gone Banana Racing Skins and Cow RC and MKS Servos and all those wonderful ones. Thank you very much for listening, and stay tuned for more episodes to come. Peace. Say bye, Mike. Bye.